0: Welcome to episode 126 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the points and health edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm here with my co-host, Josh Fine. What's going on, man?
1: Hey, I'm doing great, Phil. We had a really interesting weekend of racing, and I think, you know, it was a lot of good racing. But then for the first time in a while, we had a winner in the NASCAR Cup Series get disqualified, and uh, a lot of other interesting things have happened since then. So, you know, we got a lot to talk uh, about tonight.
0: Yeah, the first time I think in over 60 years that a winner in a Cup Series race was disqualified. There have been other instances where people have been penalized after winning a race and, you know, points and money or something. Like Richard Petty um, in the 83 Charlotte fall race when they had the big motor, which ended up being uh, was win number 198 of his career. Um, which was essentially the end of Petty Enterprises, um, or the original group, the trio of himself, his cousin Dale Inman, and uh, his brother Maurice. Um, but we'll get into all that since Dennis Hamlin had, on Sunday afternoon, tied Tony Stewart with 49 career Cup Series wins and became the all-time winningest driver at the racetrack with seven wins. His teammate, Kyle Busch, had qualified on pole on Saturday and was up front early in the race, didn't have a good car in the second half. Then he had a rough first half of the race, came back in the second, but it was all for naught. Uh, the two Toyotas did not pass post-race inspection, uh, which seemed to be a trend, uh, not passing inspection and having serious um, issues with the new car at Pocono Raceway. A great crowd there, um, even in the un- over 100-degree temperatures uh, I thought about going, but um, I think better judgment and health got in the way of that. Um, our, uh, our friend Joe Passero went with his father. He'll be on uh, next week um, filling in for Josh, um, since Josh gets to go on vacation, lucky guy. I don't know what a vacation is. So I mean, I'm kind of jealous, but at the end of the day, I think I'll get one later in the year. So, um, we'll, we'll work for that. Yeah. So, um, we got plenty to talk about in the cup side, all the stuff that happened after the race, which saw William Clyde Elliott take the win conveniently and get his fourth win of the year. Um, Gagson held off Keebler Gibbs and Xfinity Chandler Smith went and pretty much dominated the truck race. And, uh, really put himself in position possibly uh, in the battle of the Smiths to possibly uh, win a truck series championship uh, this year, um, gained a ton of ground on Zane Smith, who was a regular season champion. Joseph Newgarden won on Saturday and in the IndyCars, dominated, was on, on track to do it again on Sunday at one of his best racetracks, had a uh, rare incident, um, wrecked the car, got out, Um, They were checked and released, but only to have have, uh, a fainting spell outside of his uh, trailer and having to be airlifted to a local hospital. So now there's a possibility the former two-time series champion and one of the winningest uh, active drivers in our sport in the IndyCar series could be out of this weekend's race at the Indianapolis Road Course, which would in turn take him out of the championship likely. Um, Hopefully, Joseph will be fine. Um, We ran into that with Kurt Busch on on Sunday where he didn't pass concussion protocols and couldn't race. Of course, we'll get into all that. Pato Award was a beneficiary, so we'll talk about both those races and the points getting in Indianapolis. Verstappen wins after Charles Leclerc uh, has a throttle stuck throttle issue, which seems to be a trend now for Ferrari. Um, Gave away that win. He was quite distraught. The primordial yell that he let off on the radio was basically uh, the yell of a guy who knew that the championship's done. And when you're 68 points behind in the driver's championship, you pretty much are done. And oh, nearly two races out in the constructors. They're battling Mercedes since Mercedes finished second and third on Sunday um, with Ferrari stepping on themselves. So Verstappen wins solidifies what likely is going to be his first legitimate championship. Um, I mean, I know there's half a season to go, but it's Formula One. Um, the battle, I think the more interesting battle is to see what Mercedes is able to do with for against Ferrari and if Lewis can win a pole and win a race to continue his streak that he's had his whole entire career. i uh, will get into all the Formula One stuff since they'll be racing at, or that was the French Grand Prix, they'll be racing in Hungary this weekend before their summer break. The um, roundup will discuss F2 and W Series at Ricard, and then add Hungary for this week for Formula 3, first time in a while for them since Britain, uh, the British Grand Prix. Formula E will be in London. Supercars at the Bend. Uh, World Superbikes will be back in the Czech Republic. The Truck Series playoffs will start at Indianapolis Raceway Park or Lucas Oil Raceway Park or O'Reilly Raceway Park or whatever the hell their name is, Raceway Park. Um, First time they've been there in years. Um, It's great to see a classic uh, track that was originally a part of the truck series and was an original racetrack for the Xfinity series back on the calendar. Hopefully Xfinity goes back there, too. Um, Cup and Xfinity will be at Indianapolis Road Course uh, this weekend to go and race with the IndyCar series. So IndyCars and Xfinity will race on Saturday. Cup will race on Sunday. Formula One We'll uh, race, of course, at Hungary, as I mentioned earlier. We'll get into some NFL talk since uh, training camp has opened. Uh, Josh's Jacksonville Jaguars have a lot of positive momentum. Trevor Lawrence seems much happier about the world. You have a Super Bowl-winning head coach as well. Um, Niners have a new quarterback and a lot of positive energy there. The Debo Samuel saga notwithstanding, and some of the other extensions that might be coming along the way but training camp's open football time is coming fantasy football time we're getting there my my friends and i we have our chat like the three of us and we're talking about a whatever i forget whatever a best ball league so that time is getting here it's the end of J- uh, july uh, josh will talk about the sim side uh, i racing and other sims like with formula one and et cetera, et cetera. and the sim segment we'll call it a day but NASCAR uh, kept us busy and has kept us busy all through the last, I think, four or five days. Uh, Josh, the the Pocono uh, M&M's fan appreciation 400 at Pocono Raceway was probably the most well-attended Pocono race in a long time. I mean, frankly, TV doesn't do it justice in regards to crowd size. The place is huge. They usually have a good crowd anyway, but this year they had a, a great crowd, a lot of sold-out camping um suites had a lot of specials a lot of things for fans um to do whether it was the m&m's deal to see old m&m's drivers like ernie irvin kenny schrader um essentially every m&m's driver that wasn't elliot sadler um which makes me laugh but um you know, they had that, they had the Hendrick Motorsports. I think they had a Hendrick Motorsports ticket package where you get to meet those drivers. They had a Daniel Suarez, like a selfie thing. They had all kinds of activation and fan experience stuff. So even though it was it was ridiculously hot, it, if you went there, I think you probably had a good time. But the race itself wasn't bad. A uh, lot of action. Denny Hamlin won the race on the racetrack, but um, he... It didn't win the race when it counted. I've got DQ'd for a front fascia um, infraction, both himself and Kyle Busch, uh, who led eight, but two of them led 84 of the 160 laps. So over half the race was led by those two cars. Uh, And and the other sub subtext to that is Denny Hamlin got into Ross Chastain and put him in the wall coming off of uh, turn one. And uh, Ross was uh, quite sheepish about uh, that in the aftermath. Basically, assumes that it's the end. But the way that uh, Horseface Hamlin is acting, I don't think that's the end of it for him.
1: I don't think but Chastain guess, thinks it's the end either. I feel like he there might be. He thinks there might be more coming, but he doesn't know yet.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point there. Um, I mean, there's a lot to get into. I, I mean, I guess let's just take it from the top with. The fact that those two cars were the two best cars on the racetrack and then Chastain might have been the third, uh, Josh. Uh, and um, he, the those three cars, uh, I mean, the Toyotas have been fast at certain racetracks and have been very dominant. And um, you had most of the Toyotas qualified in the top 10 as well. Uh, I mean, Bell was just outside the top 10. Bubba Wallace, Martin Truex qualified in the top 10 the um 45 car was a top 10 car uh Kurt Busch crashed in qualifying in second round qualifying and jacked the car up concussion out of the race they called Keebler back never driven a cup car in a race before and finished and finished 16th in his cup debut which is um great honestly considering the lack of experience in that car but it kind of just kind of it puts all the wheels in motion about what Keebler's going to end up doing here shortly. I mean, let's take it from there with the Toyota side and what they did on Sunday before we get into the penalties,
1: Josh. Yeah, I mean, the you know, it's all about them cheating Yoders. No, I mean they they uh, had a lot of speed on Sunday, and uh, at first it, it looked like you know the Toyotas with Kyle Busch, Martin Trix, and Bubba Wallace. Uh, you know they were up front. For, I think, you know, the beginning portion of that race, the first quarter, uh, I believe, of that race. And then, kind of after the first stage, you know, strategy started to play uh, into hand. And, uh, you saw, you know, Bubba Wallace, uh, try a different strategy. Uh, Kyle Bush managed to stay up front, I think. And so did, uh, Chris Bell as well, uh, along, you know, along with Kyle Bush and, uh, martin tricks and then on the other hand you had uh danny hamlin uh who hit the wall pretty on or pretty early on in that race and then later on uh spun out uh in the tunnel turn uh and then still managed to come back and make his way up to the front and win the race uh you know and when we thought all thought he was going to win and then um i the rest of it Kyle Busch, he was able to make his way back up to second place, and uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit of a battle between uh, Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin. But uh, you know, Kyle Busch, uh, he was closing within about six tenths within the last uh, ten laps of the race. But uh, I think uh, he just couldn't run a better line than uh, Denny Hamlin. It seemed like uh, Hamlin had a a good tunnel turn, whereas Kyle Busch uh, may have had a good uh, turn three and turn one, but. you had to really make a lot of time in the tonal turn, and you just couldn't get the corner off, uh, corner exit on that uh, particular corner there. So, uh, yeah, Danny Hamlin goes out, gets the initial victory, of course, and then uh, then we hear about the uh, penalty and first uh, disqualification of a winner in over 60 years. And, you know, we talk about uh, winners being disqualified. You know, I think that's uh, something that um, NASCAR fans have wanted to see Uh, I mean, not wanted to see, but, you know, it's clear, like, when we think that there's a a car that's uh, clearly cheated up, um, you go back to when Jimmy Johnson was dominating uh, for years, and, you know, people thought his cars were cheated up, Jeff Gordon, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, now we finally see this, and uh, it's been, I guess you have to say that it's, at some point, it was going to come Uh, especially after nascar in 2019 they decided that you know they were going to take the disqualifications a lot seriously or more seriously in uh, nascar and uh, especially in the cup series and you know it took three years for it to happen but now we finally get a winner disqualified and um, it's pretty interesting to see and uh you know denny hamlin's of course acting very smug about it and yeah you know, showing off the trophy while drinking the winner's champagne, and um, I guess uh, Chase Elliott gets the victory on paper. And sure, he's gonna probably just let uh, Danny keep that that trophy for himself there. So, yeah, it's a a lot to take in there, especially with uh, the way things played down. You know, after after the race, and Danny Hamlin's star was very emotional and thought you know Danny had the win, but then you know, a couple hours later, it's all gone away. So. Uh yeah, this is a this is a pretty interesting storyline because you know, they thought that this uh penalty, like whatever penalties might come of this, um possibly a, taking away playoff points or uh stripped of a uh victory. We've seen that in the past, even with the winner keeping the win, go back to Carl Edwards at Atlanta two thousand eight when they modified the oil tank and they lost. they basically lost the points from that and that affected them in their playoff seating that year. So um I would have expected something like that, and I remember hearing rumors about like you know the potentially NASCAR actually taking away their playoff seat entirely, so they would no longer be in the playoffs so um I guess that's always on the table, but of course, um they just end up getting disqualified, but um that wasn't the only penalty of course on uh that came about on Sunday, so uh yeah, this was a just a tumultuous event uh series of event that happened this race you know and, and we haven't even really gotten into the Ross chastain deal there with denny hamlin as well
0: yeah i mean we'll get into that in a minute i want to give some more context so going in off of dustin long from NBC sports uh his uh post race uh recap he goes and he reported the ap so he got it from the ap so fryer uh fires a bitch ass um Last time disqualifying apparent winner April 17, nineteen sixty, when Emmanuel Zervakis' victory at Wilson Speedway in North Carolina is thrown up because of an oversized fuel tank. So Josh talking about oversized oil tank, oversized fuel tank. Here, Joe Weatherly was the beneficiary of that. Joe Weatherly was one of the more competitive, more more popular drivers back in his day, legend. Uh, so it's kind of interesting how the most popular driver in NASCAR benefited here in this spot um the penalty itself based on uh there is a so wally brown from joe gibbs racing this is reported on jayski in our review quote in our review of the post-race infractions on the 1118 cars at pocono is discovered that a single piece of clear tape was positioned over each of the lower Corners of the front fascia ahead of the left front and right front wheel openings on both those cars, the added pieces were two inches wide and five and a half inches long with a thickness of 12 thousandths of an inch and installed under the wrap. This change in our bill process was not properly vetted within our organization. We recognize it is against NASCAR rules. Apologize to everyone for this mistake. And we've made changes to our processes to ensure it does not happen again. Okay. So that leads into the point. I mean, I we did, we're gonna get into the other penalties. We're gonna get into the Ross Chastain stuff too, uh, for sure. But the um the the notion that they pass initial inspection. They passed a pre-race inspection and raced all day for 400 miles. Of course, there was heat and whatever. There was no issue with the cars. And they're all built. Every Toyota in the field is built out of Joe Gibbs Racing, essentially. So to me, I get, yeah, you had Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, the two dominant cars. But every Toyota was fast. So why aren't you going and inspecting all the other ones? At that point, you might as well just go and go up the ladder. If you're telling me those two cars were, had an illegal thing, why are you, t- you don't want me to believe that frickin' the 45 car had illegal crap? The only reason they wouldn't is because they had to get a backup car out. So maybe they didn't install that on there. But you're telling me the, the 1920 and the 23 didn't have something going on with that? Like what, what they didn't tell us really what the hell the, the, the penalty was. They were not, they were not transparent about it. Whoever the idiot they sent out uh, to talk on Sunday wasn't transparent about it. Then they sent Scott Miller's stupid ass out there and he just did his usual crap. My problem with this is yeah, fine. Yeah. We need to penalize if you're, but go and say what the infraction is, what the rule, what it was and be clear. You can't go and call, if you're going to DQ, and it's like, oh, we're DQ'd them. They didn't have the, like, you know why you DQ'd them. Don't go and give platitudes and go and beat around the bush. You under, you give us the rule in the rule book, and then give the journalists and whoever a chance to dig in. So then when Wally Brown makes his statement, that gives a little more context to it. Then on top of it, if you're NASCAR and you want to go and show since they became all of a sudden they're the wild wild, wild. they've been the wild wild west most of the season they they went after brad and buried him essentially now in the spin in the face of about five days they've penalized three different organizations at that point why don't you just go and start inspecting all those other cars and tell them you need to send the cars you add at pocono to the r d center if you really want to go and get a hold of some of these things because petty gms is an rcr affiliate and both their cars are the rocker box issue and that that basically kills eric jones's chances unless he wins um and even if he wins it may not be enough um michael mcdowell today with blake harris who's a uh, a um what do you call it? he used to be the right hand man for cole pern at the 78 furniture row Martin Truex went with Cole Pern to Joe Gibbs racing was there for a long time. He's also married to sexy Caitlin Vinci. Um, He has made that 34. He's made Michael McDowell look like a decent driver. So the guy deserves a medal of honor just for that. Um, Not just for the fact he gets to be with Caitlin Vinci for the rest of his life. And he's procreated with her, but the fact that he somehow or another made Michael McDowell look like a decent driver and they just went and gave them the death penalty too. So now all of a sudden where did this come from that, uh, Is it because these teams are starting to push the envelope josh or is it that nascar decided now we're just going to we're going to put the hammer down right here a month like before the regular season ends and if people were trying to skirt some of these areas which to be fair after what happened to brad and rfk I'm not sure you really wanted to be skirting with anything that involves this car. Um, It, 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 to me, I don't understand it. I mean, it's the, it fits the thing, you know, we've been friends for all these years and, you know, the hashtags always love with NASCAR um, consistently inconsistent, selective enforcement. And yeah, nailing Joe Gibbs racing makes it look like you're trying to handle stuff, but you didn't take points away from them. You didn't take away hundred points, suspender crew chiefs. You didn't take 50 point, whatever you gave petty GMS, a penalty points, penalty, took his crew chief and all that. And you, you basically buried Michael McDowell and FRM to, to purgatory, but why not Joe Gibbs? How does Joe Gibbs have two cars that are illegal, but the rest of them are legal because you didn't bother to inspect all of those. And you're going to tell me those cars are legal. They all have the same shit. They make the cars in the same place. You're going to tell me that, that it's, it makes no fucking sense. It's typical NASCAR. It's why, why it's like, I don't give it the time that I used to. There's no fucking way that, that <laughs> I mean, I'm a Bubba guy. I don't want to see him get freaking sent to 34th, but come on, man. You want me to believe all those Toyotas don't have that on there? Keebler Gibbs's car definitely had to be cheated up. The motherfucker drove to 16th. He had an hour and a sim. Bastard's never driven the car, the cup car before. And he drove up to effing 16th with a pit crew that's somewhat malfunctional. You know, malfunctional. I made a new word up. So, I mean, I don't know what your your takes are on, on this, uh, Josh, but it just irritates me. This whole, all of a sudden, now we're going to put the hammer down, but you're not really solving the problem. You're just beating around the bush and going after little teams instead of, Burying Hendrick and burying Gibbs, who are probably the two biggest offenders, probably, but they haven't done anything to Hendrick yet. Conveniently, and their and their their guy, their most popular driver, is the leading leading the points by a hundred points and uh, has four wins now.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, on Hendrick, and I think Chase Elliott is probably locked up the regular season title there. That's probably enough to give him that with now you know four wins and put a star by that asterisk by that because you know the this came by disqualification but uh, i mean for gibbs i mean for one thing um it's probably not a good idea to uh, put all the eggs in one basket when it comes to cheating like this because you know if they all get caught like that then um then they would probably get a huge penalty like uh what nascar you know they would they would find the entire organization and take away all their points and you know they can't you know can't put all your risk into um, one basket with all the cars being cheated up. So you probably, I don't know what the, I'm just speculating here, pure speculation, but you can't have the two all cars, cars that have
0: wins, that have the, yeah, true, the locked up spots, they can take more risk.
1: Yeah, they can take more risk. Yeah, they can take more risk on where being able to have their cars uh, cheated up, I guess, whereas, you know, Bubba Wallace can't afford. Um, obviously he's probably gonna have to win his way into the the playoffs but you know he can't afford to uh lose any points here or anything like that or get his car winning card disqualified truex can't afford to get a disqualification because he's tight on points here and uh christopher bell just won uh the previous week at new hampshire uh so you know you can't uh risk his points either especially you know with the likelihood of getting two more winners into the uh, playoffs um, and he's only on one win and if he gets a disqualification then he'd be uh the lowest one out of uh the ones with uh, the the people with one wins so um can't risk it all like that so that's on one hand there but on the other hand you have yeah they did not announce the penalty uh, or what the rules infraction was whereas you know with the announcement for petty gms uh, and then today, with uh, Front Row Motorsports penalties, they announced you know they they had a L1 penalty for GMS, and then uh, uh, for the 34, you know they had a L uh, was a 3 penalty uh, there, which is that's the harshest one uh, with 100 points to driver and owner points. So uh, clearly, yeah, that's uh, the harshest penalty, and they did not announce any any further penalties uh, for uh, the. 18 or the 11. Although you look at it the way that it is, basically with a disqualification, you get sent to the back, and so the 18 only earns one point, and uh, the 11 only earns two points. So that's it's almost a a net net negative there. But you know, on top of that, they don't get any fines or crew chief suspended or uh, any further uh, points penalties that would carry over uh, into the next race. Um, so it, yeah, there's a lot of inconsistency there, um, and yeah, you'd like to see exactly what they um, but rule they broke or whatever, but, um, yeah, a lot of you know, quality control issues on NASCAR's in, and I think in Gibbs organization there with the penalties, but, um, yeah, we've got a couple more races before the playoffs start and I guess yeah, NASCAR has decided, you know, they've always ruled with the iron fist and they just come around it whenever they feel like it, you know, we got to remind the teams to not push the boundaries. And now we're seeing what that's looking like, uh, as we get closer to the playoff start and um, it'll go on for the first, you know, nine races, of the playoffs and then the last race. Of course, the four teams competing for the championship, they're going to be allowed a lot of leeway. Um, and we've seen that in the past and that's continue to going to be, you know, continue to be the case. And it would be interesting if um, an hour after the title uh, is over, we hear NASCAR say that, oh, uh, the nine of Chase Elliott's been disqualified uh, and has lost the championship, and that uh, won't happen. Yeah, it wouldn't happen. But I'm just getting an example here, you know, and with with that, and then I don't know, Denny Hamlin was the championship or something. So yeah, that that would be very interesting, and yeah, I highly doubt that would happen, especially with all four cars likely being cheated up in the championship finale.
0: Sorry, I'm putting my wa- the watch I had it on charge here, um, back on here the. I don't get it at all. Um, They haven't updated the overall points because the points that they show are from Sunday. Um, So the fact is Michael McDowell is still um, 20th in points. So that uh, can't be. Um, if he has minus and he doesn't have, he has minus playoff points. He would probably he would he should lose whatever points if it was so. He'd be three forty-seven. He would drop down behind Cole Custer based on the if it's whatever hundred points and whatever. I mean, I'm just looking at the points right now. I mean, we could go over the the let's go over the results. So Michael McDowell actually finished sixth on sunday so he had 32 points so those are all gone plus another 68 so minus 68 off of well they gave him that's for the third yeah so just you take the hundred so it'd be 440 yeah so he'd be behind cole custer yeah so basically he's uh clyde wins didn't lead a lap but he won figure that out tyler reddick in the sheets car finishes second daniel suarez Finishes third, holding up uh, track house racing uh, since his teammate had a car to win but didn't get a chance to. Christopher Bell finished fourth. Kyle Larson, fifth. Won sprint cars though. Um, Michael McDowell, as I mentioned, sixth. Truex, seventh. Bubba, eighth. Eric Jones, after the penalties they got, finished ninth. And uh, Bald Spot Dylan finished tenth. Other people who got stage points, uh, Byron. Got stage points. Uh, finished twelfth. Corey LaJoy got stage points in stage one. Finished nineteenth. Harvick got taken out in the wreck that um, Denny, Hamlin and, uh, the Denny Hamlin and the Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain incident, and finished twenty seventh. And and uh, Blaney got into that one, I believe, as well. Uh, started sixth. Got good stage points, basically to salvage his point situation for the day. But he finished uh 33rd which was basically next to last um josh balicki finished last officially crashing out 35 laps into the race but um yeah ross chastain so that was the initial big story of uh, the event and the reaction of course taylor um danny hamlin's daughter was crying and all because of the booing and the post-race reaction and how petty Danny Hamlin is because I guess when you look like a horse and, you know, you don't get your Coke at the right time, you're probably going to be angry, even though you have 49 cup wins and, or you have 48 cup wins now. And um, you're an owner in the cup series and you're still angry. I mean, I don't know. And I, I think he needs to go and get some therapy. If the Tony Stewart needed therapy, I think uh, Danny Hamlin needs some therapy, but he runs Ross Chastain up high puts him in the fence, that sets off a chain reaction incident, uh, with about thirty or so to go in the race, thirty-five to go. Uh it was uh oh no, the twelve wrecked by himself, my fault. So it was with yeah, uh six turn three. Yeah, it was um it was sixteen laps to go. That was the wreck. That involved Chastain, Harvick, um the of course Hamlin and then um, Christopher Bell who's still recovered and or still didn't have any issues and was able to finish fourth. But um, I mean to me, I I, I figure knowing Denny Hamlin and how petty that MFR is, and now how angry he is after this DQ. Um, I don't think this is the end for Ross. I think for Ross it's the first step in understanding that he is in the he's a big dog and uh he has an owner that supports him. He has cars that can win. He is a guy that could win this championship. Is he the title favorite? No, by no means. I think Clyde is, and then I think them Gibbs cars. But the reality is the way these tracks lay out and the fact that Daniel Suarez, his teammate, is running really well too, they're in a place where if they can kind of mitigate some of the R.G. bargy at least on the Ross Chastain side, if he can kind of protect himself and figure out a way to mend some fences and kind of go and lay low, so to speak, um, he has a real chance to make Phoenix and make the Final Four. Um, Whether Denny Hamlin or Insert Driver here wants him to is another question. I don't think Clyde's going to do it because outside of Denny Hamlin, I don't think really Clyde had it in him um he's danny hamlin's all talk and no is all bark and no bite clyde has a personality of driftwood and um if he's aggrieved and because he lost out on a win or something maybe he do it but he's dopey i mean there's there's really not a whole lot there either most of these guys don't have it in them they talk a lot but they don't do anything Um, because if they really wanted to do something, they should beat the crap out of each other, but they won't allow that either. Um, but yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier, Josh, um, I guess the whole Ross versus the world thing, Ross versus Denny, um, we have yet another, another, um, chapter in their saga, um that took place at Pocono and it probably cost Chastain a chance to win that race
1: yeah this is a pretty big blow for Ross Chastain Chastain's chances for this particular race and uh he didn't really for Danny Hamlin didn't really um give him any room off of turn four or turn one in that race coming onto the long pond straight in Pocono and he was um didn't wreck him per se, you know, didn't hook him in the right rear or, uh, put the bumper to him in one of the corners and, you know, pile drive him or anything like that. But yeah, Denny Hamlin just, uh, washed up the racetrack and, uh, didn't give, uh, any respect to Ross Chastain. And that's, you know, that's how it is. And that's how Ross has raced Denny Hamlin pretty much is he's, uh, taking too much and, um, let himself slide into denny hamlin or um uh, you know take o- over driven the corner and um ran in the back of denny hamlin so um you know denny Hamlin right now is not going to race him uh cleanly or anything like that he's gonna um race him the same way he feels that ross is racing him right now so uh that's how it's looking like um although in my mind like you know we talked about before uh previous episodes that you know, i think with the way that denny says that he's um mad about ross like we thought that a uh, flat out takeout would happen here um you know they had an opportunity last week at new hampshire to do it We're a perfect place at a short track where you know you can crash somebody uh into the wall really easily and uh, i think Dan hamlin didn't do it there and you know you could knock him off a of turn three and put him into the inside uh wall on the front stretch and um you know could have waited to do that but you know didn't have the chance there but you know here went and overdrove turn one the exit and uh slid up into ross and puts him in the wall and then takes out kevin harvick along there as well so um we'll see what happens and um anything further come out of this but you know i think um danny said he'd like i feel like Danny said he wants to do it where what um it would hurt him the most. And I mean, to me, that's gotta be one of the playoff elimination races or the championship finale. Um, especially if Hamlin's in it and, you know, they're running one, two on the last lap and Danny's going to sure as hell probably send it in there and, uh, you know, take out Ross Chastain for the championship probably, but you know, it's, um, it's going to get interesting. Uh, and you know, I think it's, uh, just the first chapter and I guess Danny's, uh, retaliation book, uh, against Ross Chastain. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And, um, yeah, I, I think Ross probably is right to assume if, you know, if he's assuming that he's going to get crashed into again, he's probably right to assume to uh, try to stay away from Denny Hamlin as long as possible.
0: Something we're going to have to see. Uh, Denny, of course, uh, got ran into Chase Briscoe, uh, ran him off the racetrack. It's kind of similar to what he did to Ross Chastain at uh, last week. He did it to Chase Briscoe at Indianapolis Motor Speedway last year in the the Verizon Two Hundred, and then um, Chase Briscoe came back around without the intention of of running him over, uh, but then ran him over. And um, the two of the two of the biggest people that run Stewart Haas Racing, uh, Tony Stewart and Greg Zipadelli, were right there to support their guy um, in the way he handled that situation. Um, I guess Benny Hamlin just has it coming to him at all times, and maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe he's a douche. Well, we knew he was a douche. He's been a douche his whole career, but he wins a lot, and JD, JD was his butt buddy, so that's why he still has a, that. And FedEx, those are the main reason why he has a ride, Um, but we'll see how he's going to be mad and be aggrieved Um, this weekend. Um, and how petty he's going to be, and who he's going to run into, because it always seems to be a thing. But ain't, if it ain't Ross Chastain, it's Joey Logano. If it ain't Joey Logano, it's Brad Keselowski. If it ain't Brad Keselowski, it's something. Like shut the fuck up, you cocksucker. Go and go and figure out your own things. You figuring out how not to choke um, because you've done it plenty of times in your career. Um, figure out the pit crew for your fucking um, lead car. I mean, now it's a 45, but the 23, it's 20, you you'd called a team 2311. Stop fucking your one car over and, um, and actually be an owner instead of pontificating and acting like you're like your God's gift to motorsport. Maybe then good stuff will happen to you. But anyway, um, yeah, we, uh, talked about the penalties there, um, the points going into this weekend's race. I mean, I don't even think we have an updated uh, points report, so I can't even really say what the true points situation is. Um, this the playoff standings. The ones on Jayski show updated. A um, hundred five point lead for Clyde overall on Chastain, and uh, what's it called? Ryan Blaney is a uh, hundred and eleven points behind um overall in third place but actually 15th in the points. Martin Truex is on the bump, 83 points ahead of Kevin Harvick. After that, it's basically, I mean, really it's not good. If you're outside of the top 16 at the moment, you need to win. Um Kurt Busch by missing the race on Sunday actually fell behind Chase Briscoe in overall points. Um, The Austin Sindrick, Chase Briscoe, and Kurt Busch are all in a tight bunch, 10 points separating uh, Sindrick to Kurt Busch. Eight points, Sindrick to Briscoe. Then you have Tyler Reddick, who is 14 points out of that group there. So uh, that's something to look at. I think uh, essentially in regards to the people, I think for one-win drivers, Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell, I think are pretty good shape. Kyle Bush also is in pretty good shape. Uh, essentially, anybody who has two wins is in at this point. Um, Clyde's going to win the regular season. But I also figure Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, and Kyle Bush are all good. It's from Alex Bowman on where the real uh, sweat starts, which is 36 and 15, which is 51 points separates Alex Bowman and Kurt Bush. Uh, amongst all those guys who have one win and then not taking into account playoff points and what all that uh, bowman uh Suarez all these guys are either at six or seven playoff points um adding Kyle Bush as well into that, Christopher Bell has five um but the um but the thing that they utilize to um, determine who makes it or not. If there's more than 16 winners is overall points, not playoff points, not other things. So that's why those points really do matter. Who knew they don't, they make it about winning, but really it's about the overall points when it comes to the cutoff, but something we'll see uh, how that all works out here. Um, next few weeks, Xfinity series ran at Pocono on uh, Saturday um, afternoon. Uh, there's gonna be oh this is really a good field this weekend at Indy. Um, the Explore the Pocono Mountains 225 saw Noah Gagson get a victory. Um, what is it? His uh, eighth win of his career. So and his third win of this season. So um, big uh, deal there. Beats Ty Gibbs. Two guys that are being pushed pretty hard by the media and buy NASCAR to be two of the next big things in this sport. You know, Ty, what is it called? Ty Gibbs, of course, makes his cup debut last Sunday uh, in relief. Gagson likely is going to be driving the 42 car next year in the cup series. The connections he has with Spencer Gallagher, Vegas guys, the whole bit. Um, But a big uh, win there, big battle they had. And the points situation right now, I mean, Gibbs would have wanted that win for sure. He still leads in a playoff points. Um, AJ Almaninger still leads the overall points. He's 16 points ahead of Justin Allgaier, 22 points ahead of Ty Gibbs. But in regards to the, um, and which is why I think AJ Almaninger really needs the 15 playoff points because his cars and the Colley cars are not great right now. Uh, but the JRM cars are, and, um, you could see that because they're second, fourth, fifth, and eighth in the point standings. But just go and uh, get into the results here Gagson, Gibbs, Barry, Almeninger actually had a decent run um, on Saturday, got a f- top five. Sheldon Creed, believe that's his best finish of his uh, Xfinity career. Um, Sam Mayer, sixth. All Geyer, seventh. Austin Hill, eighth. Daniel Hemrick, ninth. And Cole Custer in the zero seven. 7. Car uh, filling in for Joe Graff Jr. just had to had to take a leave of absence. Um, Who knows what that was for? But it's a positive for the series. One less person that's likely to go and destroy equipment. Uh, That was your top ten. Most of the those guys were the ones that were in the in the stage points. Uh, Lanny Castle finished outside. Finished eleventh. Got stage one and stage two. Brandon Jones. Finished 17th, was up front for most of the day, but didn't have things work out so well by the end of the race. And then Sammy Smith, driving the 18 car, got into a wreck early in the race and um, finished 31st. So fit, it's fitting since he was driving the pilot flying J car, and that's what Michael Lynnette was known for. So Gagson wins over Gibbs, a rivalry that's probably going to develop over time, um, but a good win for that team uh JRM dominates the race, leading sixty those through sixty five and seventy four laps uh between three of their cars. Um yeah, seventy four of the ninety laps were led by the junior motorsports trio that are up front in the point standings, Josh. So continued domination by that group.
1: Yeah the nine car and the eight car and the seven car all uh were pretty uh, much up front in this race and uh just nagar was had good speed uh josh barry was up there not quite as fast as either of his teammates but he was up there uh but then you know in the end it was Noah Gragson coming away with the win and this was a pretty entertaining finish after the um second stage and uh you saw the lead changes between algar uh and then josh barry and then Noah Gregson was able to take the lead. And then Ty Gibbs was right up there with them. And he was the only one that was able to stay with Noah Gregson after the final restart. And uh, Noah Gregson was able to defend his position very well on uh, the last uh, five laps or so of that race. And uh, kind of like on Sunday with uh, Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin closing laps, um, Ty Gibbs, uh, you know, he had a really good uh, turn one. Uh, he was uh, pretty much better than Noah Gregson, especially on the final lap. Uh, There and then turn three was really good for him. But uh, I feel like he just couldn't get through turn uh, two as good as uh, Gregson. So um, that I think that was the difference there. And um, it was really entertaining because you could see the run that Ty Gibbs could get off of uh, turn three, whether he was on the low end or even on the the kind of the middle slash uh, top lane there. And Able to make a run on the front stretch and get a draft and side draft, and, and that's the beauty of Pocono. Is you know if you can get a run off the corner and um, get alongside or right behind him, you know you, you use the long straightaway and take advantage of the draft and side draft down the straightaway um, and possibly take lead. And that's you know that's what I like about Pocono. And then you kind of kind of do the same thing in the Long Pond straight off of Turn One as long as uh you know you get a good corner there. So you know it shows. What kind of racing that you can have at Pocono and so, you know, why it's one of my favorite tracks there. But, you know, it was a really intriguing finish for me. That's why I, you know, I found it enjoyable. You know, it was even though it's uh, two of the uh, more polarizing figures in this series right now, Ty Gibbs and Noah Gregson, you know, it was like, hey, credit to them. They were able to race each other cleanly and, you know, they were able to go out and put on a good finish. And it was a pretty good, entertaining one, especially last lap. You know, I, I thought Ty Gibbs was going to. Uh, get around no Gregson on on the back stretch, but uh you know he was able to fight back and uh they were side by side through the tunnel turn, and no Gregson was able to win the battle uh right there because it 's really hard to have two cars uh, go side by side and make it through the tunnel turn and still remain side by side off of that and there was going to be one winner and one loser off of that corner, and uh the high line turned out to be the the one to be in, which makes sense uh you know, with the tighter radius that you have to have going to the corner in the low line um it's a lot harder to get a corner exit when someone's alongside of you like that so um good defense of his position there with uh, Noah Gregson so uh you know it's a good good racecraft really by I think by both drivers in the last uh 10 laps of the race so um yeah as we continue on from Pocono um yeah the junior motorsports team you know, they've got a lot going for them right now and, and yeah I definitely think um the momentum's in their favor. Um and I would probably expect one of those cars to probably be up front uh behind uh Ty Gibbs in the points championship. Of course, if uh you know one driver uh with uh either Justin Allgaier or No Gregson, if they win you know one race then uh one more race then they'll be tied with Ty Gibbs and uh, then we'll see uh how they determine seating after that. But um yeah, overall I think this is a pretty interesting race, uh, especially Xfinity series at Pocono. Usually, Xfinity isn't really all that great at Pocono uh, since they moved the series to Pocono, but uh, this time around is actually pretty good. So I uh, felt like you know very uh, enjoyable race uh, overall.
0: Yeah, solid enough race for sure. Um, it was a good part of the Saturday ticket where you know that was the end, that was the last. Part. You had what we're going to talk about here in a few moments. You had the qualifying in between, and then you had the Xfinity race. So it was a really good, I think it was $20, 25 to get in if you were sitting on the lower level. Uh, that's really good value, honestly. But um, see how things go at uh, Indianapolis Road Course. But uh, Truck Series ran their uh, regular season finale at uh, at Pocono, And uh, Zane Smith, after doing well in the first stage, was able to go and lock up the regular season uh, points championship and uh, put himself uh, in position to lead the uh, playoff points. But the person that was the biggest beneficiary of the day was Chandler Smith, started second, Won the race, one stage one, led the most laps, led all but 11 laps in that race. Uh, had a battle with Ryan Priest, but he won one stage. He gets the five bonus points for uh, the five playoff points for winning plus the extra playoff point for the stage. He gets five points for the win. So um, outside of winning the second stage he would have maximized his points situation and gained a ton of points in the points battle going into the playoff itself Chandler Smith over Ryan Priest John Hunter Nemechek finishes third Corey Heim fourth so 3 uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks in the top 4 Carson Hosevar finishes fifth start, uh, started third but finishes fifth Austin Hill from 31st in the Spire truck finished 6th. Majeski, and he was doing double duty, in top 10 in both races, so credit to him on that. Uh, Ty Majeski finished 7th. Eckes, 8th. Kraus, ninth. Tanner Gray, 10th. Uh, Matt Crafton finished 15th, um, but he was the guy that made the cutoff. Ancrum, uh, what, is, what is it called? Eckes and Ancrum are the two closest people uh, to him, but weren't able to win to go past him. Crafton, um, Zane Smith scored points in both stages, but uh, had some issues during the day, only finished 13. So he lost a little bit of ground um, mm-hmm. and lost a lot, lost some playoff points there uh, on Saturday, unfortunately, but I, I think it speaks to, they've had a pretty good run at it this year um, to have a rough weekend the week before the start of the playoffs, maybe it's a good sign. You know, you have it there instead of having it on Friday night, uh, at Indianapolis Raceway Park when it really is going to matter. Um, it was pretty straightforward. Chandler Smith dominated. Had to work a little bit for it um, against Ryan Priest, but frankly, there really wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, Todd Bodine got wrecked by. Uh, Haley Deegan, um, ending his, uh, NASCAR career, 800 starts in his career amongst all three major series. Jack Wood proves once again that he sucks, um, spun out early, um, spun out in the second lap of the race. Then, um, you know, he was involved in the wreck with, uh, Todd Bodine that was caused by Haley Deegan. Uh, Tyler Hill was in that one. And then Blaine Perkins was also in that wreck. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Chandler Smith, it's the battle of the Smiths right now. Um, they're, they're ahead by a little bit. They got a lot more playoff points. Zane Smith's got 37 playoff points. He's got a 15 point lead on Chandler Smith. Um, they have a huge lead. I mean, Zane Smith's got 20 points on Ben Rhodes in the playoff point standings. And then, um, you know Chandler Smith, it's a little closer for him relative to the rest of the field. It's from him to the cutoff, which is Matt Crafton, is uh, 21 points. So that can be made up with playoff point, or I mean stage points, and uh, a decent run, a decent effort this weekend. Matt Crafton could pull one out of his ass on Friday night, bringing it back old school, and go and win at IRP and really set himself up for a possibility of that fourth championship to tie Ron Hornaday Jr. I mean, the likelihood of that happening, we'll get into that later. But um, yeah, Chandler Smith, though, uh, really reinserted himself as a title favorite on Saturday with that performance.
1: Yeah, Chandler Smith, of course, uh, we haven't really uh, seen a whole lot of out of him this season. But now coming into the playoffs, he could be, have the hot hand here. As we start um, at IRP this weekend, and um, you know this is going to be an interesting event uh, for them uh, going into it. But of course, they have a lot of momentum as they just won at Pocono. And I mean, it is a little bit weird to think of uh, Pocono as uh, you know one of the tracks uh, that would end the you know season for the uh, Truck Series, let alone have a regular season finale. But nonetheless, that that was the case. And I think you know Zane Smith's still the favorite. But Chandler Smith is um, looking like he could be the guy that could challenge him. Uh, This year, it's been mostly a Zane Smith uh, season. But if uh, one of the Kyle Busch Motorsports cars and Chandler Smith is able to go up there and uh, try to get wins to make it through these rounds of the playoffs, uh, he could be one of the guys that we see down in Phoenix, um, if it's not uh, John Hunter Nemechek, who seemingly hasn't Uh, had as much success this year as he did last year going into the playoffs. So it's going to be really interesting there. Um, I think uh, for the rest of the playoff drivers, um, it's going to be interesting to see Carson Host far after, especially after he was injured earlier in the season. Um, You know, could he uh, make a run in the playoffs? Um, I think uh, Ben Rhodes, uh, we haven't really heard too much from him either. Um, He's seemingly also disappeared off the map, but you know, he he has uh, the most stage wins actually of all the Trek Series drivers, but uh and has a good number of playoff points to go with that, but doesn't have uh the race wins. So um it's gonna be interesting if he can try to maximize his points. Uh he's um seventh in the standings right now, preceding, but uh if you know he doesn't win anything, um I mean he could get by on stage points and playoff points, but it's going to, you know, the, you're going to have to need those points, uh, later on in the year as, uh, the points get tighter and, um, we get through the rounds of, you know, round of 10, round of eight, round of four, uh, cutoffs. So it's going to be interesting to watch, watch all that happen. Um, Stuart Friesen, uh, could be a, you know, somebody that we see, but, um, you know, it's, um, going to be interesting to watch, uh, with um, especially the truck series, um, there's not really a, a whole lot of uh, competitive depth outside you know, the the top four drivers, and I think you're you're going to see the top four possibly be in the playoffs later this year. But yeah, you know, this um, Pocono um, not really a whole lot happened other other than Todd Bodine making his 800th start uh, in final race, but could be hinting at an 801 since this one ended in a crash. But we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, it's uh unfortunate. I think the race could have been better, but you know, it is what it is. Going uh, IRP this this uh, coming weekend, though, is nice to see um, bringing you back old school. Uh, the point you made about Ben Rhodes, he's a defending series champion. He was able to close it out last year at Phoenix when other people stepped on themselves, including John Hunter Niemicek, and he's only 20 points back. Um, only two people get knocked out this round, so the fact that... I mean, I think the only two people – I mean, I think the top three are pretty safe um, even with the fact that Ben Rhodes and Chandler Smith are giving up a few points. I think John Hunter isn't in a bad spot or in for that matter because they have double-digit playoff points. I think it uh, the people that are going to get knocked out this first round are amongst the second ten uh, unless they go and win a race. If one of these five, whether it's Ekis, Majeski, Hosevar, and Finger win win uh, in this first round, then it changes the game for them for sure. Uh, you know, getting into this schedule here, um, they have, they're going to run at IRP this Friday. They'll have a week off, then they'll be racing Saturday afternoon Richmond uh, Raceway or Saturday night. Richmond Raceway uh, as a precursor to the Richmond uh, Cup race. Then they'll have three weeks off before they go and race at Kansas. So you'll have two short tracks, uh, two flatter short tracks, and a a one-and-a-half-mile track as part of round one. They'll be finished with their first round. Then they'll have a short turnaround, essentially, from the first round to the second round going to Bristol for a Thursday night show. Um, middle september then they 'll have a week off talladega two weeks off homestead a week off then their championship finale so that 's very uh, they this they, we talked about it i think way back when early in in late April early May, that was the big part of the season uh from darlington at the start of may till last week they only had two weeks off in that and that was recently uh they've had uh off weeks they raced what is it four eight weeks in a row then they've had two weeks off daggered with mid ohio and pocono now the rest of this season's just not gonna make sense um the truck series is gonna get forgotten Uh, in the process of how motorsports work. So um, God bless NASCAR and the way they schedule the truck series Um, in trying to go and explain the playoff system and the playoff format and that. Uh, Going into, I closed out of that, the um, IndyCar double headers. So, I mean, I think the first piece we have to get into is uh, the – The whole Joseph Newgarden thing. Um, I mean, Joseph Newgarden dominated on Saturday and theoretically was in line to win on Sunday. He's the league season or series leading driver at the moment with wins with four. Um, I mean, uh, in terms of polls, of course, uh, uh, P1 award. I, I don't know why they showed for points. I just want to, yeah, show how many pulls they have. But New Garden uh, crashed out on Sunday, uh, lifting Paddle Ward up to go and win. It was a pretty dominant weekend for the Chevy uh, outfits there at Iowa Speedway. Um, High V did an amazing job with activation. The crowds were good. It was really hot there as well. But The crowds were great at Iowa Speedway. They had um, the action was fast and furious. Uh, Josh's picks were way better than mine, but that's not shocking. Uh, He picked Joseph Newgarden, and of course he won one and probably should have won both. And his wild card was Jim Johnson, who ended up uh, finished just outside the top 10, in the first race but ran better than that and then got his first career top five in the indycar series on sunday um, showing laps too and led too so tells you the endurance factor and how fit um, jimmy johnson is running 550 laps at iowa speedway in two days plus practice and qualifying in the whole bit and being able to compete at that level Um, it sounds like he's going to be back for another year, um, next year to run full time in IndyCar. Uh, there was some rumors that he might not be, but, um, maybe that win will come next year, uh, for Jimmy Johnson, which would be pretty crazy to think, uh, him winning in an IndyCar being a 80-plus-time winner in the Cup Series and seven-time champion there, winning in off-road racing and Mickey Thompson racing in all different forms, riding on bikes and dirt bikes and, and quad or whatever, um, soup buggies and trucks and the whole thing, showing how versatile of a driver in, I mean, obviously, Hall of Fame career there. But, um, yeah, the we'll, – We'll first get into the uh, Saturday. I'll I'll go over the results of the Saturday and Sunday races, and then we'll kind of take it from there. New Garden wins the first race, led 208 of the 250 laps, uh, maximized this point situation. Will Powers started on pole, led 23 laps. Uh, Jimmy Johnson led 19 laps on uh, Saturday. Those were the only three people that led. Pato Award finished second. Willpower third, Renus VK fourth, Scott Dixon fifth after starting 13th, Alex Pelot, defending series champion after starting 14th, finished sixth, Roman Grosjean seventh, points leader, series points leader, Marcus Erickson eighth, green Rehall finished ninth, and Christian Lungard finished 10th. Um, yeah, so those were the guys there. Um, other like Connor Daly started third. Was the last car one lap down. Had issues with handling Jack Harvey in the high V car. Started seventh but finished 18th. Continuing his great performance this year. Um, Maloukas started sixth, finished 14th. Um, Yeah, so that Rosenquist crashed uh, in the race along with Ed Carpenter. But Ed Carpenter seems to crash every race he's in anymore. Um, Then in the next race was the 300 lapper Pato award led 66 laps uh and uh one over will power who led 80 laps in this race started on pole in both races to be within one pole of the all-time record scott mclaughlin finished third so chevy sweeps the podium in uh in that race so chevy swept the podiums in both races Oh. That's not what I wanted to do. Um, the um, And uh, Scott Dixon finished fourth in uh, the race after starting thir- 18th. Jimmy Johnson, 13th to fifth, gets his first career top five finish in the IndyCar series. So the Ganassi cars finished fourth, fifth, and sixth. Marcus Erickson, sixth. Rosenquist recovers to finish seventh in the second race. Malukas, eighth. Grosjean, ninth. Takuma Sato, tenth. Callum Eilott, um, uh give him an uh, honorable mention, 22nd to 11th, showing how good that Junkos-Hollinger team is getting and how good Callum Islot's getting too. I mean, let's be honest, the guy was uh, a Formula 1 uh, talent, somebody that Ferrari was looking at possibly to have in their program. So 11 cars on the lead lap there. Um, Newgarden, of course, Rex with at lap 235 after leading 148 laps of the race so um he had there was only um one caution in the race up to that point so he had, he was only the second caution of the race was him uh, Lundgaard parked with a brake issue Kyle Kirkwood aided again um it's been a rough uh, baptism by fire for Kyle Kirkwood this year. And then, of course, losing the sponsor doesn't help either. He uh, seems to wreck every week um, because he's actually trying. Um, Dalton Kellett sucks, so that's why he just drives around and finishes last every race. Um, Newgarden, of course, crashes and then has the health issue. Haven't really heard anything about his status. Um, root Beer Floathead, uh, also known as Sentino Ferrucci, is on call. Um, if Joseph Newgarden can't make it, which is crazy to me, that Santino Ferrucci, but then I also think about the hiring practices that Roger Penske has had with some of his drivers and kind of the character issues they've had over time. And he did employ Paul Tracy twice. So I guess Santino Ferrucci kind of fits the bill because he's daddy's money type, but he's also a douche. So, um, yeah, Pato Award goes and gets that W. Um, Puts himself in a position still to stay in this point standings. Uh, gets his, He's only the third driver so far this year that has multiple wins. I think Joseph Newgarden, if he wins that race on Sunday, which he was likely to, would have been the title favorite. Um, now he's in a position where he might not even race this weekend. It's a crazy turn of events. I'm just hoping he'll be okay because he's... He's one of the faces of this series. He's the American hope, really. He was somebody that in Formula One people were thinking he might have been the next Formula One driver from the United States of America. But instead, he was able to come over here, make an IndyCar car get hired by Roger Penske in large part because Robin Miller talked about him over and over and over again. God bless his soul. Um, and, um, yeah, he's trying for a third championship, but we need to see if he'll be able to make it on Saturday to race. But it was a great weekend at Iowa Speedway for sure. Two races and lots of people there. and kind of makes me want to go there in the middle of Iowa, honestly, just to go and have that. If that's what they're going to do from now on, you'll get two races for the for, you get great value.
1: Yeah, this was a really interesting series of races, both on Saturday and on Sunday. So, um, the first race, uh, you know, Justin Newgarden, uh, dominated throughout, uh, very thorough domination and, uh, only five cars finished on lead lap, but, you know, we saw, uh, Jimmy Johnson there led 19 laps after his spin, uh, in the first part of the race. And, uh, I thought maybe he might be able to net a a top five there, but uh, Jimmy, I think started to have a loose condition in the last, um, you know, maybe 50 laps or so of that race. And uh, you could see him catching the car in turn three and four and, uh, and, and off of turn one and two. And um, he was, I think he was using the high line too much and on there and, Uh, burned up the right rear tire. uh, And I think that's probably what caused him to fall back uh, out of the top five and finish in 11th there. But that was a pretty good run there and uh, showed what he could do on Sunday there. But um, as far as the rest of the field, um, like I said going in the show, um jo- Joseph Newgarden, I mean you expect him to be up front, but then also, you know, looked out for Powell Award and Will Powder Ward finished second. Uh Will Power of course won the poll both days and uh still managed to lead some laps. So uh Will Power of course uh you know has a chance to go out and uh win the title still. He's obviously um continued his run of consistency, so uh, you know, expect Expect him to um, be able to keep challenging uh, Marcus Erickson, especially as we uh, progress throughout the rest of the season. And uh, how about Regis VK also, who had a good day on Saturday um, racing. He was racing against Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy was giving him a tough time, and I think that's probably what caused Jimmy's tire to uh, wear out and, Reens VK was able to net the position there and uh continue on, pick up a fourth place finish. So uh it was a it was a good run for, for that team. Uh they haven't They've, they've been, I feel like they've been kind of up and down, uh, I they've had some good races this year and they've had a lot of bad races and it shows in their point standing right now being 12th place, uh, way out of uh, championship contention there. But, uh, the rest of the field, um, Graham Railhall uh, had a solid day finishing ninth lap down, but you know, solid finish and, um, Marcus Erickson, uh, finished, uh, eighth place lap down, but, um, still a solid finish and, you know, still what he needed to be able to continue to uh, lead in the points championships. So that's um that's how it went, and of course um you know you saw Felix Rosenquist crash as well, and um, of course when he crashes out, you know it gives concern if uh a Ward might crash out, but no, that wasn't the case there. So um, yeah, overall solid race, and then you know, I think for you know a team that we uh, need to talk about a driver we talk about who's um, testing in Formula One is. Uh, Colton Herta finished twenty fourth and was never really in contention. They had uh, some parts issues, uh, mechanical issues there, so uh, they were pretty much eight laps down and out of contention the whole race. Uh, so not a whole lot from them. And then, of course, on Sunday, um, this was the more interesting race. Um, and I think, you know, of course, with uh, all that happened, uh, could could be the catalyst in the championship race. But um, of course, here, uh, Pato Award wins the race, and uh, he was. In second again to uh, Justin Newgarden looked like it was going to be a win. Newgarden has a shock failure uh, out of nowhere and spins, hits the wall, and of course, uh, points wise, um, you know this is basically a double points race. Um, so when you don't finish the second race, it pretty much uh, puts a ding on your. Uh, you know you only get. Uh, half the points that you could have gained, uh, if he had won the race and now, uh, puts himself in a vulnerable position in the championship. And, you know, if his injury status is not good, uh, after Thursday, uh, once they decide whether he's cleared or not, um, could affect his championship hopes. But, uh, for the rest of the field, of course, brings paddle word back into, uh, or closer into the title, uh, chase Scott Dixon's in the title chase as well. Um, he, he had a good race weekend finishing fourth in both events. Um, Will Power, of course, finished second, so continuing to uh, get consistency there. Um, and then uh, Marcus Erickson was racing against Jimmy Johnson, his teammate. They had a good battle towards the end. Uh, you know, Luckily, they were able to not get together. They had a you know, a couple of close calls coming off of turn four and, uh, coming off of turn two on the back stretch, and, uh, they were able to keep it clean. And of course that would have been big if, uh, Jimmy Johnson, and Marcus Erickson got together because, you know, they're teammates and then plus, you know, one of them is basically still a rookie in the NDR series and the other is a current points leader in any 500 championship. So that would have been very, uh, very big if, uh, those two had gotten together, uh, at the end of that race. But, uh, yeah, and then of course Jimmy Johnson finishing fifth here, and yeah, again showing what he can do in an IndyCar and an oval. So you know, hopefully it leads to good runs later in the season, and you know, hopefully it turns into a full time campaign in twenty twenty three. We're able to see him run at least full time one one more year, and then we'll decide from there what what happens to him. But. Yeah, overall this was a pretty good event uh for the IndyCar series. You know, both both days had good solid battles and you saw the you know, the contrast in tire wear from start to finish and uh who was struggling on tires at the end and uh who wasn't and it showed in the results order, uh both the number of cars who were still on the lead lap and uh who wasn't on the lead lap and then uh in in both the intervals because uh Pat Award, Will Power were fighting it out on both days and then at the end of the race, uh, Will uh Paddle Ward was uh, pretty much ahead of uh, Will Power there. Uh, They were pretty close together, but then you got the end. Paddle uh, drove drove away from him, and on the day before that, when Joseph Newgarden won, there was maybe a possibility that uh, Paddle Ward would uh, get through lap traffic and uh, catch uh, Joseph Newgarden. But then uh, by the end of it, uh, Newgarden uh, had a, a six second advantage over him i think it was within a second or around one second uh with like 10 laps to go and new Garden was able to stretch it out uh and of course looked like paddle Ward had a lot of tire wear uh towards the end and couldn't get through uh the lap traffic there to catch Newgarden. so yeah this is uh why i was one of the you know fun tracks glad it's back on the schedule and you know glad they're able to put on two races for the fans and um really uh make it look like into a good venue uh you have to give High vee a lot of credit for investing in the track and uh give uh you know, them a, l- a lot of opportunity for this year and sounds like uh they're gonna have have this race again in the future next year and beyond so uh, glad i was back on the schedule and we can have another short track race on the indycar schedule
0: sorry about that they're trying to go and multitask my fault but yeah um iowa speedway being back i think Might be the first of a few tracks that if they really, um, if IndyCar really wanted to go and maximize their um, reach, um, Road America, I think is another one since the cup weekend's gone, um, at least for a couple of years. Um, Go and maximize that weekend, maybe go and make a connection with IMSA to go and balance things out. That would probably be not a bad idea. for July the 4th, go and bring back the six hours or the thousand kilometer race on Saturday, run the Indy cars on Sunday. think that would be an amazing ticket there and have it on July the 4th weekend. Um, you know, gateway does a great job, uh, but Iowa they did a great job too. But then I think, um, I'm trying to, th- I think that was a Penske run deal or no, it was a Ray Hall, uh, deal, uh, they did a lot with that with high v and the activation. And, um, yeah, Graham seemed to be into it, into it big, uh, because he was on the whatever Speed Street podcast with Joey Molinaro and Connor Daly. And that was a good listen, actually. It was very, he's the, the thing is, for as much of a douche as Graham Ray Hall comes off as, uh, he, he understands the sport and he cares about the sport. And I think that's part of it. Um, He's a lot like Junior in that way um, in NASCAR parlance, but he doesn't have the statistics per se to go and kind of support it. Uh, But to be fair, he's got better stats than uh, Marco Andretti. Um, We're going to talk about him in a little bit. But uh, he had a lot of great points there. That was a good podcast, part of the June Dale, uh, Dirty Mo Media situation there. Um, the points going into this weekend at the Indy Road Course, which is a Penske um, a Penske benefit, literally and figuratively. Marcus Erickson leads with, by eight points over Will Power. Uh, Will Power has uh, the most polls this year, and he has the most podiums. Same amount of wins, of course. Erickson's win is the one that uh, is the biggest one of them all, uh, the Indianapolis 500. Um, eight points between those two. Newgarden, Dixon are tied for third in points, but Newgarden, of course, has a tiebreaker with four wins. Um, Pato awards 36 points back in fifth, uh, one of three guys with double-digit wins, Scott McLaughlin being the third. Um, Alex Pillow is sixth, 44 points back. Uh, this is the key point of the season. We talked about it with the truck series. This is the key point of the season. You need to put it together right now. If you can get on a run, it can really uh, put yourself in a place to make get a championship. After that, McLaughlin's the last driver with out inside of 100 points. He's 86 points back uh, in seventh. Colton Hurd is 125 points back in eighth. Rosenquist, 128 in ninth. And Alexander Rossi is in 10th. 138 points back. So essentially, a miracle would have to happen for any of those guys to get through. Um, in terms of uh, drivers, average finishing position, um, of course, Will Power, the best uh, average finish. Um, Scott Dixon's right there with him, but um, he's giving up, uh, what's it called, 26 points to him. So that's the points battle, in a sense, with Marcus Erickson being third, Pelot fourth, New Garden fifth, and Paddle Ward sixth. So that's why they are where they are. Those are the top six in points. And then Scott McLaughlin, seven. Those are it, it, The reality is those seven drivers, that's where you're going to have the champion. One of those seven guys is likely to win. The Indy Road Course is a Penske house. If New Garden can race, it's one thing. If New Garden can't race, I think it really opens up, opens a door big time for Willpower and Scott McLaughlin um, to go and get a fast six and a win and put themselves right smack dab into it if willpower wins he'll take the points lead um mclaughlin wins he he really has a chance to win this championship uh something we'll uh discuss here shortly french grand prix uh this past weekend at paul ricard saw um Verstappen stop and get another win as uh going to go and see the results standings. We'll go and bring that up. Uh, Max Verstappen has won um, six races this year, or seven races this year. Um, or no, six races this year. Um, I have to bring it up over on on this site because it's more clear. Uh, I'm not sure if they put it in France finally. I don't know who runs Racing Reference. I'd work for Racing Reference over what the hell I'm doing. Just so it'd be updated right after it happens. Uh, Seven wins for Verstappen. Leclerc is three. Uh, Checo and Carlos Sainz have one apiece. Verstappen has nine podiums in 12 races, so he's got the most there. Leclerc has seven poles, so he's got the pole winning thing down. Um, Average finish for... Fish lips is 4.7. He's, when he's running at the finish, generally speaking, he's on the podium and more or less he's winning a race. So 63 point lead for him uh, going into this weekend's race at uh, the Hungaro ring before the summer break. And the triple header at Spa, Zanfort, and Monza. Not sure why they do sp- Zanfort in between. They should just put Zanfort first so they can have the maggot rally um happen first. Or or put it last. That would be even better. Um Verstappen led thirty-five laps, he was the beneficiary of Leclerc's issue. Um in turn eleven, it was a throttle sticking issue, he went off wide and crashed. Um at the same time Yuki Sonoda retired out of the race, so Verstappen wins over Lewis Hamilton, George Russell. Uh, So first Mercedes double podium of the year. Chaco Perez had an awful weekend, but still salvaged a fourth place finish after starting third. Carlos Sainz took engine penalties. And then while he was in a position to possibly finish fourth, Ferrari inexplicably pitted him and cost him a chance to finish fourth. He finished fifth. Fred Alonso, El Plan, sixth. Lando Norris, 7th. Esteban Ocon, 8th. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, ninth, Lance Stroll, uh, break-testing his teammate, Sebastian Vettel, for the final point. There was a good battle there. There's, what is it, from Ricciardo all the way back to um, Gasly in 12th, was separated by, like, five seconds. Was pretty close. Uh, and Albon was in that mix, too. Uh, Joe had... Uh, engine issues uh but they avoided uh that I think that a virtual that was a virtual safety car that allowed George Russell to pass Sergio Perez so fast race Verstappen once uh Leclerc had his issues yet again um gets another win Ferrari dick stepping on themselves for both their drivers and likely giving away both championships in the process you know, saying saying that now when this championship goes all the way to the end of November is, oh, you're getting out there too early. But, I mean, let's be honest. What the hell What the hell is Ferrari going to do? The amount of points Ferrari's given away in this championship so far this year, you, they'd be in this for both. They'd be in for a driver's championship and a constructors with all the, all the F-ups they've had between the driver's mistakes itself The mechanical issues they've had and the terrible strategy that Ferrari's brought to the table. It's been a complete clusterfuck by Ferrari. And this has been a consistent pattern of what Ferrari has been essentially since Michael Schumacher quit. Um, They have not been able to meet the standard. They needed other people to F up for them to meet a standard like McLaren uh, in 2007, which is why Lewis should be an eight-time jam- One of the reasons why Lewis should be at least an eight-time champion, more than that, probably nine. And then um, that would have been 10 last year. It wouldn't have been as big of a deal. Um, all the Max Verstappen bullshit. But, yeah, I guess the, the stories are Verstappen pulls away, Ferrari gives it away, and we have some other interesting stuff going on um, within all the other teams there, Josh.
1: Yeah, I mean, starting off with, you know, Ferrari and Red Bull, of course, but uh, Ferrari, I mean, Charles Leclerc, of course, Chuck Leclerc, as uh, our friend uh, Willie T. Ribbs says, uh, you know, this was an opportunity for them to get back into the race and get back into the championship, but um, they, you know, they had a stuck throttle issue, and this happened in their victory at – Austria at the Austrian Grand Prix, and um, at the end, uh, Charles Leclerc was, you know, very worried about that one at the end because, uh, of course, stuck throttle um, or the pedal not, you know, releasing completely uh, can lead to bad issues and um, leads to inaccuracy in driving your laps and uh, you know that leads to issues there. So now that he has a stuck throttle, uh, goes and spins out and hits the wall, and that's the end of his race. So uh, for Ferrari, they. They clearly have some quality control issues that they've got to figure out with um, their car, with their mechanical, you know, issues on, uh, especially with the throttle. Um, it's um, not looking good for Charles Leclerc. He sh- uh, should have been able to compete with uh, Red Bull this year with Max Verstappen. It was looking like that in the very beginning of the year, but now uh, Verstappen has uh, pulled away, and Ferrari, you know, with whether it's due to strategy or uh, mechanical failures. Uh, they've continued to shoot themselves in the foot to be able to compete for not only their championship uh, for the driver, but also for uh, the Constructors' Championship and not maximizing their points there. So it's um, not a good look there. And then, of course, Verstappen goes out and you know wins almost by default after that. Um, and so right now it's uh, basically Ferrari uh, shooting themselves in the foot and uh, Red Bull Verstappen. Continuing to pull away from the rest of the pack, uh, and you know more than likely they could be the champion uh, at the end of the year. Although you know there's still a long way to go, and you know we'll see what happens, uh, you know at the end of the season here. Um, but it was um, looking, you know, looking like maybe Ferrari could pull out the win here in in France. But uh, you know, after that, it was uh, Verstappen's race. Um, I think you know, also look at Mercedes. Um, they. Uh, had pace not you know not winning pace but you know they had pace and uh, they were able to take home second and third of course uh, Lewis had issues with the drink uh, throughout the race and uh, saw him on the floor there uh, laying down pretty exhausted uh, after 300 start in uh, Formula One so uh, you know it's been a long career for Lewis uh, which doesn't even feel like it because it doesn't even feel like that long ago he won his first championship but now here he is uh Three hundred races in and, and um you know, looking looking as strong as ever, of course, but you know, he's uh getting old, getting up there, but still one of the best in Formula One. Um and then of course is probably getting he's, old, we're
0: the same age. He's only yeah. two weeks older than me.
1: Yeah, that's so true. So I guess yeah, getting you're getting old. old too. I mean I'm getting yeah. old, but yeah, but it's what you do with it, I guess. Yeah, but. but
0: the different the difference is the guy's a fucking multimillionaire. He's one of the greatest race car drivers ever. And he's banged so many hot women that it doesn't even matter. And he's won over a hundred Formula One races. He's a seven and a half time world champion. Probably yeah. eight and a half time world champion. Eight uh, and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah, he's had a little – and he's had to struggle and he's had to go through everything to become what he is. Um, Connor Moore does an impression of him, which is a hilarious and great. Um, but, yeah, he's a little bit better than I am, and he's two weeks <laughs> older than me, so whatever Yeah, it is what it is. So.
1: No, it's – um. you also have his teammate there. He's going to be a successor more than likely in, as far as the flagship driver, flagship car. George Russell, you know, solidly – having another uh third place finish so um george russell you know carrying the flag this year for uh mercedes and uh lewis is catching him but uh you know, in points but you know uh george russell's you know continuing to um put in solid finishes first year at mercedes that's what he needs to do and continue to push lewis but uh the rest of the field um you know Daniel ricardo finished in ninth uh he had another solid race uh not better than his teammate but right around his teammate um then you, know, you talked about Sergio Perez who was off uh, from Verstappen which um you know looking at the times like you would expected uh Carlos or was Sergio to finish up at least in the podium but he did not and of course Carlos Sainz uh confused after the race for many reasons including the strategy with Ferrari And, yeah, like like I said earlier, not only are they shooting themselves in the foot with uh, Leclerc, but also with Carlos Sainz. So, yeah, they've got to regroup on that end and figure out something there else. Yeah, this championship on both ends is going to go away from them uh, if it hasn't already. And then uh, Fred Alonso, you know, continuing to score in the points, you know, he's solidly. Uh, getting, you know, 6th uh, through 10th place finishes every week in, in Formula 1. So, you know, they're figuring out a way to maximize their position, I guess, in the midfield and his teammate not too far away from him, Espan Ocon, finishing in ninth or in 8th place there. So um, pretty interesting there. Um, I think, um, you know, one team we talked about going into this weekend that we probably expected a lot more is Haas and Haas and their drivers, Mick Schumacher and Kevin Magnuson, both uh we're out of contention in this one. We had a couple of good races going into this uh French Grand Prix, but then of course uh magnuson crashed out, retired, and then uh mick uh finishing eighty seconds behind so um not the best weekend uh, after probably two of the best recent weekends uh for Mick and his teammate uh Kevin in uh the Haas team so it's um you know they gotta figure out something going into uh the next uh, Grand Prix and Spa. So, uh, we'll see what happens, uh, f- you know, as they con- you know, continue to progress throughout the rest of the season. But, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, uh, you know, there wasn't really too much that happened in this race, but, um, you know, it's a significant, uh, occurrence with, uh, Charlotte Leclerc crashing out, uh, out of this one and certainly hurts his title chances there.
0: Yeah. It's something that he's going to look back on. He already said it, that he gave away the win, uh, on Sunday, uh, but Ferrari's been giving away the wins, and he's given away points, and so is Carlos. And it's unfortunate um, because I think with the regulation changes that are coming for next year, uh, they're probably going to fall back to third. Um, they're going to fall back behind Mercedes, and Red Bull's going to be the lead team, but. Mercedes is going to be there and Ferrari is going to rue the fact that they had a great car, especially a car in one lap speed and seven poles for Charlotte Claire and only three wins. Um, something that they're going to probably have to, um, deal with. Um, we'll see what happens here this weekend. We'll get into that in a few moments time, uh, get into the roundup before we get into the, uh, Previews here. Uh, Formula Two ran this past weekend at Paul Ricard. Um, Logan Sargent qualified on pole for the first race. Uh, ended up falling back. Uh, didn't have a great start. I am trying to go and I don't know why it did that. As in Formula Two, um, Jose Capito has come out in regards to um, Logan Sargent and his progression. And if he was to go and win Formula 2, it would cause a little bit of a conundrum for Williams since uh, their likely scenario is calling up, um, going and making a call to have, um, not Liam Lawson, why am I saying Liam Lawson? Um, It would be getting uh, Oscar Piastri on loan from Alpine who was the defending Formula 2 champion to take over that second seat. Uh, he's a test driver for them, but if Logan Sargent wins a championship, he would be ineligible to race in Formula 2 uh, next year. Uh, his weekend at Paul Ricard, though, would speak to the fact that he probably isn't going to win the World uh, Formula 2 championship. He backdoored a eighth-place finish. In race one, so to get the pole in the feature race, Liam Lawson wins over J Daruvula. And uh, points leader Felipe Drogovic, after a rough period, uh, gets a podium. Jack Doohan, Frederick Vesti, your top five. Um, Iwasa, sixth, Pochair seventh there. In race two, Iwasa gets the win. Another Red Bull development driver. So... Um, Red Bull guys win three races there, so God bless all of them. Teo Pocher finishes second, Vesti third, uh, Drogovic fourth, Dewan fifth, Lawson sixth, Daruvala seventh, Klayman Novelak eighth, Roy Nassani ninth, and Enzo Fittipaldi tenth. Uh, Logan Sargent, DNFs, and uh, finishes 19th. So brutal weekend for... Logan Sargent, uh, loses second place in points, gets no points, uh, at, in France. Well, the point is if there's, he should have gotten a point because he finished eighth unless they only give, I didn't know that they only give, um, points to, um, the top. Yeah, they, they only get points to the top seven. How the hell does Yuri Vips get three points though? Like that's what I don't understand. He has three points and he finished eleventh. I guess I've never noticed this before, but um, because he got penalized, he had a time penalty. Oh, so Logan Sargent was ninth because of the time penalty. Okay, fine, whatever. I don't know. So Logan Sargent got no points uh, last weekend after getting to second in points. So now Logan Sargent is locked in in third. He is 21 points out of Jan Daruvola, uh, who was fourth, but he is 23 points behind Teo Pocher, who was second. Drogovic, who had a rough uh, period there for a couple, I guess, two, th- two, three weeks. I mean, he's been pretty much, he had a great, uh, like, I guess, three race weekends in Saudi, in Spain, Monaco. Then in Baku, uh, Silverstone and France were all solid enough. He had a brutal weekend at um, Austria, which is where Sgt. made his move. But Pocher, I mean Drogovic is still what is it, thirty-four points out of Teo Pocher. And there's um, two, four, six, eight, ten races to go in the championship. They'll be racing at Hungary. Then uh, they'll take a break. They'll race at Belgium and uh, what do you call, Zanfort, Italy, and then they'll take a long break, another break, uh, before Abu Dhabi to end the season. So this will be a slow period for them in their championship after this weekend. They'll have three uh, consecutive races, and then they'll have a long wait. But Drogovic looking at possibly winning a championship and not having anything to show for it formula three makes a return uh this coming weekend at uh hungarian grand prix before they come back for belgium Uh, they'll have the summer break they took a break after austria and they'll have the three weekends at uh, belgium um the netherlands and uh, italy to go and end their series uh Victor Martins leads by one point over Isaac Hadjar. Artur Leclerc is six points or seven points behind Martins. Uh, Jack Crawford, the American, is fourth. Roman Stanek, fifth. There, I'm trying to see who else. Caelan Frederick, the American, 11th. Juan Manuel Correa, American, 13th. Cushminey, the Indian driver, 15th. Um, Coming through the Brad Benavides. Hunter Yaney's American driver I hasn't scored yet. They don't have all the flags for all the drivers. I have to go on the website. I'm not trying to really go that far. doesn't really matter if you're that far away. Uh, The W Series um, essentially is uh, Jamie Chadwick. She goes and wins every freaking race because she's an alien and probably shouldn't be racing in this series. She's won every race so far this year. Seven consecutive win. Uh, to start the year. I think it's nine wins in a row for her in this series overall. So that's that tells you how good she is relative to her competition. They'll be racing at the Hungaro Ring and then taking uh two-month break, a little over two-month break, uh, before they go to Suzuka. And then Austin and Mexico City, they'll have three races in the month of October. But Jamie Chadwick, for all intents and purposes, has won a third consecutive W Series championship. Um, she is, what is it, 75 points ahead. She's 25 and 50, 70, 73, 73 points ahead. No, 72 points ahead of Abby Pulling. And, or no, 72 ahead of Abby Pulling and 75 ahead of Betskay Visser, uh, who is third. She's won every race this year. Chadwick, uh, she should be in an F3 or an F2 car, to be honest. But the points battle behind Jamie Chadwick is quite intriguing. Um, From second to eighth is only separated by 17 points. So there's a lot of battling there for all these drivers that are likely going to come back next year. I know I would venture to say Chadwick will not be back uh, next year. Um, Chloe Chambers, the American driver, Chadwick's teammate, uh, is 13th. She scored in the opening race at Miami, has not scored since. Had some rough runs. We'll see what happens with her. Um, there are drivers behind her. four drivers that have not scored points. Abby Eaton, the uh, Stig in the Grand Tour, who's dating um, one of the other girls on this uh, series here. Um, she's the only other driver that has scored points that's behind. Lloyd Chambers is what it is on that. Uh, going into Formula E in the London e this coming weekend, uh, we have... I don't know why it said Define. Why do I? I, just, I wish it would come up in a hyperlink copy and paste. There you go. Uh, Stoffel Van Dorn is up by 11 points on Eduardo Matara. Mitch Evans is 16 points behind Van Dorn. jean eric Verne is 27 behind. So that's really the battle here Uh, going into... This race right now, there's two race weekends to go. There will be two races at London this uh, this coming weekend, and then they'll be racing in Seoul, South Korea, to end this particular uh, season of Formula E. And um, with four drivers that have a likely four drivers in four different teams, no less. John Eric Verne, who has... Um, won multiple championships in the series. Mortara, who com- was in contention last year. Evans, I think, was in contention last year as well. And then uh, Van Dorn, who struggled, but now he's gotten around it. Oliver Askew scored points in the first round in Saudi and uh, in Daria and hasn't scored a point since. Uh, the Andretti Autosport team has not exactly been uh great this year but jake dennis jake dennis does have 47 points so it's a case of experience i guess for him relative to oliver askew if he was in the 45 car he'd be better than jack harvey but the fact is jack harvey is one of graham ray hall's butt buddies so it's a waste of a seat uh over there and they're wasting a seat here in formula e2 i guess uh supercars At the Bend this coming weekend, they've had uh, a break of a few weeks for the supercars. Announcements in regards to wildcards for the Bathurst 1000 uh, coming up there. If you go on motorsport.com, free promotion for them. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen is 104 points ahead of Anton Di Pasquale. 7-107 and uh, 122 ahead of Will Davidson. Cameron Waters is fourth. Chaz Mostert is fifth. Uh, Van Gisbergen's teammate, Brock Feeney, is sixth. Going into um, the bend this weekend Then three weeks' time, they'll be at Sandown, uh, what used to be the Sandown 500, the uh, big endurance race, uh, but now that's not not one. The last race at Pukekohe will be coming up uh, the weekend of September 11th then Bathurst 1000 in October so there's a month so there's separation now after this race there's a little bit of gaps between all these races Surfers Paradise will be in the month of October 3 weeks after uh Bathurst 1000 and Adelaide will return for their finale for the finale um the Adelaide 500 comes back the schedule the old clips all 500 so that's great um to see but likely shane van gisbergen will win another supercars title see what happens though we'll talk about it next week on the gsp happens in the supercars world Superbikes return uh this weekend for their first race in a while leon haslam uh will not race in the this weekend uh based on um, his commitments to racing in Suzuka for the Suzuka 8-hour. So tells you where he is in points. He's like, God, they'd rather have him race in Suzuka as part of an endurance race. Um, Alvaro Bautista is 17 points ahead of Johnny Ray in regards to the Drivers' Champion Riders' Championship and uh, Toprak Raskatlyoku, the defending world champion is 43 points behind Alvaro Bautista. Uh, The battle after that is a little more interesting. Locatelli, Ruben Rinaldi separated by five. Locatelli through Alex Lowe's is only separated by 18 points. Um, Garrett Gerloff is in 12th with 48 points. He is uh, 31 points behind Scott Redding, and he's 40 points behind Axel Bassani. So that's what he has to aim at. To possibly move himself up and keep himself on the grid during the uh, second half of the season, um, they'll be racing in the Czech Republic Autodromo Most this weekend. Then they'll be racing. They'll take a month off, which is interesting. The race at Donington Park, they would already taken over a month off after Misano. Then they had two weeks, uh, two weeks off, in the race at auto drum most then they'll take an they'll take five weeks off before they race at manny core and then get into the essentially get into the back end of the schedule um they'll be pretty loaded at that point it'll be during football season so um we'll see what happens with that hopefully um he can go and make some moves there so josh i'll uh throw to you here let's get started with um Cup and Xfinity, they'll be at the Indy Road Course this coming weekend. uh, Lucas Oil Raceway will host NASCAR's main series for the first time in a few years. Uh, The Truck Series will start their playoffs with the T-Sport 200 at um, Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. That's the official name. Johnny Sauter will be racing in the thirteen truck this weekend. Taylor Gray will be in the seventeen. Most likely the Arca champion. Um you know, Chandler Smith there, you got the twenty. I think they probably have something on Jay Ski about that. Uh, doesn't say anything. Doesn't say anything. Uh is that Lane Riggs? Yeah. Oh no, he's driving the Halmar Friesen 62. Okay. Yeah, Lane Riggs is gonna be in Halmar Friesen 62, so I don't know who's in 20. Austin Wayne Self's actually coming back. I don't know what we did to go and have that benefit to have that presence. Um you got N-Finger in there. Uh Hacker will be driving to 30 for on point. Josh Rayum actually driving for his own team. Jake Garcia, whoever the hell he is, is gonna be driving for the McInally team along with Derek Krauss. Blake Lothian will drive for Reum Brothers. Um, Corey Heim is going to be in the 51 truck. We have yeah Lane Riggs, as I mentioned, and Hal Friesen truck. And um, Chad, is that
1: a misprint
0: that they said Chad Chastain? Or no, I guess that's Ross Chastain's brother.
1: Oh, yeah, he has a brother. That's right.
0: Yeah. So Ross Chastain's brother, Chad, is going to be making his Truck Series debut (laughs) on Friday night in the 41 truck as um, because Ross is going to be running the Xfinity race. So we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, before I go and I take a minute here, um, I'm going to go and I'm going to go, since we're doing previews, I want to write these down. We don't usually write them and I'm usually wrong anyway, but I'm going to write this down. I'm calling Matt Crafton pulling one out for a victory on Friday night and my wild card pick to do something on Friday night. Now, I guess the question is, is the wild card somebody that isn't in the playoff, or can they be in the playoff?
1: Well, they could be in the playoff, but, you know, I think it's somebody that is a long shot in the playoffs, like, you know, whoever's the uh, lowest or close to the lowest seed, and then I think on the other end of it, yeah, uh, someone who is, like, completely out of it, you know.
0: Yeah, because essentially Matt Crafton hits both of those things because he's a long shot to win this championship and he barely made it in. And I wanted to hedge my picks in this case. And um, I'm going to go and take Carson Osovar, So the reality is I could switch him. I'm taking – I'll do it that way then. It's my show. Carson Osivar is my winner to get his first career truck series in. And then uh long shot and Carson Osvar is the winner and Matt Crafton is my long shot
1: for Friday night. How about you? Well, uh you can look in the Discord channel. I just made a new channel called Pix Channel and I put it there for you. Um cool. so yeah, you got that there. Um let's see for the trucks. Uh I'm gonna go with the the title favorite right now, pick uh Zane Smith to open up the uh championship playoffs here with a win uh and then wild card um i'm gonna go uh let's see uh it's hard hard to pick but you know what i i'm trying to look yeah i'll, I'll pick uh Matt de Benedetto as a wild card why not we'll go we'll go pretty wild there
0: so d burrito you can fill that in. I'll go and uh, put that here. So, And that's for Phil. And then for Josh, Zane Smith as a dub, which is a safe pick. And then D Burrito hasn't won. He hasn't won any yet. He hasn't <laughs> won a f- in any form of motorsport, I think, in um, six years. No, at least six names years. Names out of had. Yeah, that's... I'm trying to figure out... Like, I... I might be wrong on that. It might be even further than that. But I'm thinking, because he hadn't gotten a cup. I'm trying to remember when he got the cup. and who. He, I think he was driving for that uh, BK Racing gimmick before he went to the 32. And I think that was like 16 or 17 or something. So I'm trying to remember when the hell he won. We could probably go on Racing Reference. Let's go and save ourselves the pain in that sense. Um, that's what I'm going to do. Just to figure out when the hell the last time Matt D. Burrito won a race. Go and forgive me here. Going and uh, looking up uh, this loser's... uh, Yeah, 2015, he started in Cup. Xfinity ran from 2009. uh, Camping World 2022 is his first full year in there. 11, K&N, so 2011. Okay, so... Matt D burrito has not won a race in 11 years. So that would be something a wild card is Josh. So there you go. We got confirmation. It's 11 years, same time when Tony sold his soul to win that third championship. Um, From there, we're going to move to the Xfinity series um, at uh, Indianapolis motor speedway. There is history for them. Uh, Chase Briscoe uh, won there. Couple of years ago, when they made their first race at Indianapolis, and um, so it was a big day for me. It was a very happy day for me. Um, biggest win in other than his first Cup win in uh, Chase Briscoe's career, I think. Uh, climbed the fence, did the whole bit. Uh, their history, of course, uh, Sindrick and Briscoe and Syndrick, the BFFs. Are the two winners on this racetrack at uh, at Indianapolis Road Course, uh, Indianapolis Grand Prix Circuit, as they call it? Um, so, Josh, who are you looking at? I mean, it's a good field, solid field uh, for this weekend. Uh, I think what is it, forty-two for thirty-eight? Chastain is with DGM. He did really well uh, for them at uh, Coda. Josh Williams is trying to run the double, uh, running for BJ McLeod in both Cup and Xfinity. Andy Lally will be in the 08 for SS Greenlight. Uh Brad Perez, who I was wearing his uh shirt last week during the both shows, trying to make make his Xfinity debut for um Carl Long. Uh, Preston Pardis uh making his usual appearances with his dad as his crew chief, uh, in for DGM Mason Filippi, who's been driving for um, that loser, that cocksucker, maggot moron in the Truck Series G2G Racing. He'll be able to make the show at least in these cars. Uh, Miguel Paludo will be driving the 88 car. Austin Dillon driving for Brandon uh, Jones, or not Brandon Jones, Brandon Brown. Um, I mean, Austin Dillon sucks on road courses. So the fact that he's able to bring a check kicks Brandon Brown to the curb. Brandon
1: Brown's going to have to make too. He got released. Brandon Brown.
0: How the hell does he get released from his own team?
1: Is that for real? Yeah. That, that's on, I saw that on Reddit earlier. I was going to, I was going to say something but I've forgotten. Then uh, yeah. Brandon Brown's, um, not only like, cause originally I think they were going to put him back in the car. Uh, The following week after this race but then now they're also saying that brandon brown um has been released from the team
0: let's go brandon there you go
1: (laughs) yeah there it is frontstretch.com brandon brown likely okay he's not been released but he's unlikely to return to a full-time role after the road course so due to lack of sponsorship not been so sorry not not been released but He's basically, um, yeah, he's basically finished. Oh man. Kelly's.
0: Tournament. So now Kelly so that the, the aftermath of that race at Talladega, Kelly Stavis ended her TV career with her, her trying to go and cover up what they were saying. So she ended her TV career and she's sexy. She's a good looking woman. And they, she ended her career and gave Kimmy Kuhn a shot on TV, which is fine. Cause I like looking at Kimmy Kuhn, but, um, Kelly Stavis was really, really good. Now she has no career. Brandon Brown wins his first career race. Should have been something that could have given him an opportunity to maybe backdoor a Cup Series career, you know, run an Xfinity, whatever. Now he's been fired from his own team. Uh, yeah, that tells you. I, I, I could go off on a tangent with that, but when you're getting demoted from the team that has your name on it, and they made a freaking slogan for a whole segment of a population to talk about what's going on in our society. And now you're not even going to have a full-time ride. That is f- really fucked up. And I'll tell you. that is That ain't good. Um, yeah. So, uh, Brandon Brown's going to have to make it in on time uh, for sure. Uh, Kligerman is going to be driving the 35 for Emerlin Gates. Uh I think they're going to need to make it in on time. Um, Hendrick Motorsports, 17 for Alex Bowman, has to make it in on time. Uh, Chase Briscoe has points in the zero seven. 7 I figure they'll be in a good position. The 6, Ty Dillon's going to be racing for JD Motorsports. Uh, Scott Heckard there in the 5. Uh, Bubba Wallace is going to be in the 18 for uh, uh joe gibbs racing so you know, a lot of cup guys it's a it's a random race where there's a lot of cup guys i mean once we get to the playoffs there are going to be any cup guys in there so you have what is it one two three four guys What four guys five five six drivers that are going to be in the race on sunday racing on saturday so i'll be interesting along with the usual xfinity suspects um and then um, AJ Allmendinger has Nutrient Ag Solutions. So if people wanted to question the fact that Nutrient Ag Solutions had a commitment to NASCAR, they just didn't want to be committed to Jeb Burton. They just they wanted to be committed to somebody that could win races. Um, I'll throw to you, Josh, in regards to the preview for the Xfinity Series, and you can start talking about the uh, Pennzoil 200 for the Cup side as well. Um yeah, as I go and take this uh, deal here.
1: I mean, I think for this race, it's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, I'll go ahead and pick who I'm going to pick here. Um, I I'll pick AJ Almendinger. I mean, it's the safe, very safe pick here. AJ Almendinger uh, to win. Um, I'm trying to spell his name in the chat, uh, and then wild card. Can go with wild card here. Uh, go with. Um, it's hard to say, uh, because there's a lot of good, a lot of good guys here that could win or finish the top five, but you know what, uh, we'll go with Andy Lally as a wild card because he can pull out a top 10 out of, uh, this, uh, deal because he, he's uh, pretty good at road racing and, you know, the way that these Xfinity road races go, you can probably find yourself in the top 10 uh, at the end of the day, even with an okay car. So I'm picking Andy Lally as a wild card. Uh, say he's going to finish in the top 10 there. But this should be an interesting race. Uh, last year, of course, we saw the track fall apart in the Cup Series, uh, but there's always a possibility of this happening in Xfinity as well. Um, and we'll see if they... Uh, it happens again, but of course, Indianapolis Motor Speedway has a good uh, staff on hand. They probably came up with solutions to um, you know, find a way for the track to not fall apart this year. So, uh, credit to them figuring out a solution last year, as uh, it you know, as the race uh, was able to uh, finish and everything. But uh, in the Cup Series, but Xfinity, uh, good solid action there two years in a row now that they race there and this going on to their third year racing at indianapolis road course uh for xfinity so it's um a lot of guys here in the cup series racing um either just trying to get experience um or they're you know trying to uh get practice uh, for the cup race on sunday at uh, especially a lot of guys that uh, are in contention for the playoffs. You got Ross Chastain, uh, two wins on the Euro-Radian Cup, and he needs to um, possibly get a third one, improve his uh, playoff seating, and he needs to be able to um, do well at track he's uh, only been to one time. Uh, Parker Kligerman, uh, he could also be a, a good wild card. You know, won the mid-Ohio race a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in the truck series and um, he you know he's a sim racing guy. he's probably spending a lot a lot of time this week on iRacing with the new IndyCar uh, Grand Prix NASCAR uh, road course layout so uh, should be interesting there Alex Bowman kind of at the bottom of the totem pole at Hendrick Motorsports in terms of uh, points this year so He might need to uh, win this weekend, so got to get extra practice on the road course there for him. Same deal for Bubba Wallace, uh, Chase Briscoe, even guys like Ty Dillon, Austin Dillon. um, Well, Austin Dillon needs it too, but you know Ty Dillon not quite as high as his brother in the points, and uh, a total long shot to make the playoffs at this point would have to basically uh, win and then hope for something uh, you know later in the year, but. Um, all these guys need practice and experience uh, at Indianapolis Road Course on the cup side, so uh, what better way to do it than to go and bushwhack in the uh, Xfinity Series race? Uh, so that's going to be interesting. You also got uh, IndyCar drivers uh, racing in the um, Xfinity race. You got Santino C- yeah, Ferrucci uh, possibly doing... Um, double duty if uh joseph Newgar is not ready to go you got sage Karam, raced here before in indy cars um you know you got uh aj almendinger of course former um open wheel guy um never raced on the road course in uh in indy car but of course you know the natural road racing experience plays into his hands there uh so yeah got got a lot of guys here this weekend the um, good road course racing experience and, and actually could be for a very interesting race here uh, on Saturday.
0: Yeah. You picked, so just a recap here, you picked AJ and then Andy Lally. All right. So AJ W Lally is wild card for Josh Xfinity. All right. For me, the winner, I'm going to be a Homer pick chase Briscoe since if Cole Custer can win in that fucking car, I'm sure Chase Briscoe can win in that car. Uh, he needs it. Uh, Johnny Klausmeyer doesn't know how to hit a hot nail through snow. Uh, his strategy sucks balls. And um, I wish they'd make a crew chief change, and they'd take that crew chief off. They'd get, um, what's his name, off the 98 uh, team. Uh, what do you call it? Richard Boswell. Just bring him up the cup because Briscoe and him had a good relationship. They built it, and they built a team together, and they should have won a championship. They won nine races together. Uh, you would think that between Tony and, and, and Greg, they could figure that out, but obviously they can't. Um, Briscoe needs a win. It would make him very happy. It could be a great day for him, qualify well. In the cup car, go and win another race at Indianapolis, uh for Bobby Dotter would be a great look for them. That's my pick for the win. Uh wild card, I'm going to go and look at somebody who is a Xfinity regular. Uh the wild card is I'm I'm going I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go for my favorite. Josh Berry is not a road racer. I'm doing this strictly because he's driving for the best team in the Xfinity series in junior motorsports, the next team that's going to likely get charters in the cup series. And if he can go and gain some points here on this road course, it'd be a good precursor to the Roval, which I would assume is either is somewhere within the playoff for the Xfinity series. I'll just go and bring it up now, just out of, uh, that's the cutoff race for the round of twelve. So if you're able to go and actually do well here, you're. That's the. But there's one more road course before the Charlotte Roval, It's Watkins Glen. So, so it's uh, something to see. Uh, I think Josh Berry. He's he's the sneaky one. I picked him at the start of the year and it wasn't just because he's my favorite Xfinity driver he's the one guy that's actually got a good head on his shoulders he doesn't do stupid shit he wants this bad he's not a cocksucker he actually is a legitimately really good race car driver and he's a really good guy I mean he might use somebody up he might use somebody up this weekend I mean what the hell at the end of the day He's got enough good karma going for him. He could use somebody up and get a W, but I don't think he will. I think he's going to get a top 10, and that top 10 is going to help him in the points. So I'm going chalk. I mean, Josh has the favorite, the guy who won the Cup Series race last year. Um, I have a guy who should have won the Cup Series race last year and won the x and Series race a couple of years ago. Uh, AJ Allmendinger has won more road races in Xfinity Series history than anybody. So I figure one of us is going to get a hit on that one. um
1: Yeah, I venture to a say, pick, though. Yeah.
0: I venture to say that one of our truck picks is going to hit too. So let's get into the Pennzoil 200, though the Cup Series race. And before, oh, so um, Daniel and uh, Kenzie. Uh Daniel Hemrick and Kenzie Rustin Hemrick are expecting their second child. So um congrats to them. I love Kenzie Rustin. Um and uh so their second child. Play the audio. Oh, they're going to have a boy. Oh, God bless. So now yeah, you could see the you could see the smile on Daniel Hemrick's face and the shock in uh Kenzie's face and Ren is completely uninterested um so they'll get a they'll have one of each so good for them i uh, love uh the hemricks i mean i always had a thing for um kenzie Rustin, um and i've been a fan of daniel hemrick for a while not just because he's friends with uh Bubba and uh, blaney because he's a pretty good race car driver verizon 200 entry list 38 for 30 for 40 spots um Josh Williams as I mentioned will be driving for uh BJ McLaud uh in the uh both series he runs for him in the Xfinity but he'll also be running the 78 car mm-hmm. on Sunday making his second career start. Blake will be driving to 77, Cody Ware in the 51. Nothing else really changes. Hopefully Kurt Busch will be fine, be back. Uh, I'm not sure about the crew chief situation for the Petty GMS. Uh, Blake Harris, of course, won't be there uh, for Michael McDowell. Loris Hensemans will be driving the 27, the 26 car. Uh, The 27 will be a Ford. The 26 will be a Toyota. Josh Ryum will be the crew chief. So he will be doing double duty. He'll actually be crew chief. He'll be driving and then he'll be crew chiefing on Sunday. And he'll be crew chiefing for former Formula One driver, Danny and Red Bull um, driver development guy, Danny Kvyat, will be making his NASCAR debut uh, this weekend at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, I brought up the fact that uh, Kimi Raikkonen is going to be driving for the Project 91 team, and I blew people's minds on the Grid Talk podcast uh, this on Monday, yesterday. Uh, but Danny Kvyat making his Cup Series debut this weekend is pretty big, too. Not to the same extent, of course, because, of course, Kimi Räikkönen, great driver, champion, et cetera, et cetera. The personality of a block of ice, you know... I know what I'm doing. Shut the fuck up. You know, the whole thing. Danny Kvyat's kind of in that same realm, but he never won anything in Formula One. Making his Cup Series debut came out of nowhere. It's kind of crazy. Uh, the defending race winner, AJ Allmendinger, of course, is back. Uh, driving the 16 car. Rick, uh, the 15 cars being driven by Joey Hand. Um, had a great run at uh, Road America. Uh, if they had a legitimate pit crew and they had a legitimate team, I think Joey Hand could contend this weekend. Uh, and then, yeah, that's that's the rest of it. Uh, I'll go here. I'll go um, – I'll start. For me, Toyotas have been off on the road courses. Chevys have the advantage. I should pick Clyde. I should, but I won't. Uh, I'm not going to pick Clyde. I am going to pick. I am going to pick. I'm going to pick Daniel Suarez. I'm going to pick Nacho Libre to win this race and get his second win of the season and lock himself for sure into the playoffs. Um, We'll have a pinata smash. We'll have whatever other crap that they do for his celebrations. Um, Daniel Suarez gets a second career Cup Series win at Indianapolis now my wild card pick I think relative to cup series performance is a wild card pick um well actually no I might have to change it just give me a second so the wild card pick I'm gonna go with Brad Keselowski he's 30th in points at the end of the day he needs to win and RFK has been good on road courses
1: yeah they have Chris Buster's been running well there too
0: so, and, and that's why that's part of it. Chris Busher has had great pace and he's shown great pace in recent weeks. Um, you know, I, I, you would venture to say that RFK needs to win here, Richmond, Watkins Glen, Daytona. I mean, whatever it is, the only way they're really going to make it is if they win and they get help. Um, so why not at this point? the way things are going uh what are you thinking josh
1: well i just put it right there uh i think kyle larson um is gonna win this race and it's um yeah it's a pretty good pick but he also has not won since california back at the second race of the year uh this year he's only had one victory on the year um and should have won this race a year ago at uh indianapolis road course remember they they're trying to bring up the talk of how he's having a really great season. This is where kind of the steam started to pick up in NBC, went on the hype hype train right around this time. Uh, Robin Miller, you know, right before he passed away, he was talking about Kyle Larson needing to be in the Indianapolis 500, uh, this year in 2022, which of course did not happen, but, uh, you know, Kyle Larson, uh, should have won this race last year. He's been really good on road courses since joining Hendrick, um, you know, he's a former Ro- Rolex 24 winner as well with Ganassi. Uh, so I'm going to go with him winning this weekend. And then, of course, Wildcard. I had this typed up while you're, um, before you started talking. And um, I'm picking Joey Hand, our good friends at Rickware Racing, uh, you know, the. Original grifters themselves, uh, pick them to be a wild card, get at least a top 20, top 15 finish uh, at Indianapolis, which I think is uh, very possible, uh, given how, especially if the race goes the way it kind of did last year with the track falling part at the end, we'll see what happens.
0: And considering how good he did at Road America making the top 10 uh, shootout as a guy who doesn't run these cars at all, um, his amount of driving has uh, dropped a lot from his heyday when he was driving GT cars, driving prototypes, driving everything. Uh, Ford having him as a guy is huge. Um, Kind of speaks to the fact that I figure Ford's going to be in the, uh, whatever, LMDH situation eventually. To have Joey Hand just sitting there, uh, I guess being a coach and being a road racing specialist. They got. It. They have the GT4, they have a GT3 Mustang thing. There's got to be something else. Um, they've missed the boat in so many ways for so many years. Um, they might make up for it if Kyle Busch decides to go and take over the 10 car, but we'll see with that. Indy Cars will be racing at uh, Indy Road Course. Second race at Indy Road Course this year as per their usual uh, part of their um a tight swing here till the end of the season. GP said they'll be racing in Nashville next weekend. They'll take a break, race at Gateway, and then take another break before the the West Coast swing to end their season. Uh, the IndyCar Series, they've been racing there since 2014. The active drivers there I'm bringing up here on Racing Reference, just out of curiosity. Um it's a Penske benefit, honestly. Uh people who I mean it's a will power benefit. And um I mean Pagano used to drive for Penske. Uh so Power and Pagano are the two best drivers there. After that, you have a lot of guys who've had one win, uh, including Newgarden. Um Herta, of course, won in May to start the month of May. Uh, Grant, uh Scott Dixon I think won there last year in this race. So um I'll uh throw to you first Josh. What are you thinking for this weekend, this Saturday's race at uh Indianapolis road course?
1: Well, I mean I think it should be a lot different than how it went in May, of course with all the weather happening and everything. Um um it was a uh, cold nerd's race there, but I think, you know, it's going to be a lot different this time. Um I think it's gonna be a Penske car, uh, but you know, probably not the number two of Joseph Newgarden, uh just cause going uh betting against the injury uh or health status there just to be safe. Uh but I'm gonna go with uh Will Power winning uh this weekend and closing in on Marcus Erickson for the points lead uh at uh Indianapolis Road course. Um, it's going to be an interesting race, I think. Uh, you know, I think um, we're going to see a lot of action in this race. And of course, um, given that Cup and Xfinity are going to be there as well, uh, you have to think that you know there's going to be a um, you know issue with the tires matching up. Uh, I mean we've we've kind of seen it before. I feel like you know last year there's um between the Indy Cars with their Firestone tires and uh, Cup on Goodyear tires and Xfinity on Goodyear tires, there might be some issues there. Uh but you know we'll we'll see what happens. Um but yeah, will power as a wild card or winner and uh I think as a wild card at this uh at this race, um looking at the uh thing, uh results, um, from previous races, uh, go with, uh, you know, go with, uh, Christian Lungard, uh, made his debut at this race last year. Um, you know, he's been pretty solid on the road courses, I feel like, uh, and definitely think, you know, he can possibly go out and get, you know, a top 12, top 10 run here at, uh, Indianapolis Grand Prix. You know, last year he started fourth, finished in 12th. So, uh, could be a good outing for, uh, you know, the rookie driver this year.
0: Yeah, it's a good pick there, Christian Lingard. He has experience there. He's raced there twice. Um, in regards to me for uh, this race on Saturday, you pick the one that's likely to win. Um, and if if, if um, Newgarden doesn't race, then it's definitely going to be Willpower. Uh, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Scott Dixon to go and win. And um, Because, frankly, he needs to. He won his 52nd race. This would be an historic moment. If he does win at Indianapolis, he gave away the Indianapolis 500, which would have been his 52nd win, tying Mario Andretti, which would have been, there would be all kinds of talk and all that. He gave away the Indy 500. So Scott Dixon to win is my W. And Graham Ray Hall is my wild card because the guy... As I don't know how many times he's had a chance to win Indy road course, trying to do alternative strategies, trying to like that MF wants to win at Indianapolis. If he wins on Saturday, I'm sure he's going to freak out. He's going to take that little ball of dough. That is his daughter. Um, uh, What the hell's her name? I'm forgetting uh, her name. Um, Pipe, not Piper. That's fucking Harvick's uh, kid. Uh, his daughter, since, uh, um, Courtney is pregnant with their second kid, who I think is a boy. Um, why am I forgetting? Give me a second here. I I feel so bad. Uh, oh, look at those things. Uh shit. Instagram's a great thing. I'll tell you. Um, yeah, give me a second here. Yeah. Graham Rahal's my wild card. Uh, he's wanted to win there forever. Um, Trying to live up to your dad who won one Indy 500 but is probably remembered just as much for failing to qualify for the Indy 500 after winning the championship. It's kind of crazy. Indianapolis will do that to you. Uh, Graham Rahal has finished on the podium at Indianapolis for the 500 but um, has also made a life of uh, struggling um, at the racetrack. there you go Harlan, there you go That's what I needed Harlan, their daughter Who's like a ball of dough uh, Probably would go and sit there She'd be part of the prop In regards to their victory lane celebration As I'm holding a prop Of the uh, Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup champion uh, Official puck here I have it as part of my desk merch Along with my Tony Stewart um, IndyCar championship um, helmet that he had when he won for uh, John Menard. My desk stuff is building because everything else is blurred. Because I also have my Rico Abreu wing from before. Before we blurred everything, autographed. I'm wearing my Rico Abreu shirt, my uh, sponsor shirt, which essentially is what was on that wing. And then I got the hockey puck today, and then I got the picture Today of the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche, that's me. We have a blurred good picture there. It is a good picture. And I'm like, why the hell did they send a whole entire box for a hockey puck? And it sounded like Don Rickles, and then they had that picture in there too, so it makes sense. Um, you got one more to go. We got Formula One to go before we get into the end of this show. Uh, Hungarian Grand Prix. A track where Lewis Hamilton's won eight times uh, in his career. But it'll be hard for him to go and get that win. I'm trying to think if he doesn't win in this spot, can he win anywhere else? They're not going to race in Russia. They already canceled that race. I thought they canceled that race.
1: Um, Yeah, they canceled Russia at the beginning of the year.
0: Yeah, but that's still on racing reference. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, active drivers. What the heck? Uh, Someone wanted active drivers only. Uh, Lewis Hamilton has won eight times there, 13 top fives and 14 top tens and 15 races and eight poles. Verstappen has no wins there, but I think he's going to change that on Sunday. He'll get his first win at Hungary um, and help his uh, racist, sexist, misogynistic fans. Go and get lathered up to get into the off the a um, mid season break with a victory. I'm not sure he's going to win the pole, but I figure he's going to win the race. Uh, by wild card for the race uh, is Fred Alonso. So that's win wild card F1. Phil, that's my picks. Alonso, of course, won his first career race there. He's finished in the top 10. He's run there 18 times, 14 top 10s, 11 top fives. Of course, the one win, two poles in his career at Hungary, and then made his cars wide as a brink truck to prevent Lewis getting through, which would have been a way for Lewis to go and win the world championship. But Mercedes fucked up the strategy. So how about you, Josh? What are you thinking for, um, the Hungarian Grand
1: Prix. Well, I mean, it's not really much different from you um also picking Max Verstappen to win. Uh it's not a, not a very hard pick and can't go against uh go against the trend right now, which is uh Max Verstappen winning in Formula 1. Uh hard to see uh Ferrari um with the way that things have been going for them. Um I mean, they could have the pace, but just don't see it right now. And plus Hungary's the Hungary, you know, Hungary ring is very uh tough to pass. Around there, so um, expect it to be a very uh front running Grand Prix with Verstappen leading the majority of the laps. Uh, but wildcard go with last year's winner Esteban Ocon, of course. Um, had I mean, could could be a factor like that again, but we'll see. But you know, Alpine's been hanging in there pretty good this year. Uh, you know, Fernando Alonso's been getting the most out of his car, and for most part his teammate has been as well in Esteban Ocon, so um. You know, you pick Fernando. I'll we'll go with the teammate in Espan Ocon. So expect the yeah Alpine weekend and Red Bull weekend this weekend here at uh, the ordering at uh, Formula One.
0: I think if it went the way it should have, I should have picked Ocon. and You would have picked Alonso because I don't like Alonso. But um, I guess I'm I'm pretty laid back at this point in the evening here uh, as we record this show. So I picked out plan uh, somehow, some way. It's um, part of the
1: plan. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess it is. Uh, let's get into football talk before we get uh, into your sim segment, Josh. Uh, uh, fact is, uh, we're in training camp, Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody is there. A lot of positive uh, vibes going on there. A lot of free agent signings you guys have had. Um mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. It's funny because I'm involved in a dynasty uh, league uh, with uh, Vic, who won my league last year. One of my best friends for life, and um, he bought he bought into our my dynasty league. Um, he's my co-owner and co whatever manager, and we have Trevor Lawrence. And I was, we had a discussion last week actually. And I'm like, we're talking about quarterbacks, we're talking about because we have the first pick in the redraft for this year. And we also have Dak Prescott. But I'm like, we need to keep Trevor Lawrence uh, because the guy is a generational talent. He's like Peyton Manning, he's like Andrew Luck. Um, I guess what I'm asking or saying is, since we're talking about football, we're going to talk about football as the season goes on. We're going to have that. We're going to sprinkle it in along with our motorsports content. Um, what are you seeing at least early? I mean, it's way too early to really get into the semantics. We haven't seen anything on the field. But uh, what is what are the returns in regards to what – Um, Trevor Lawrence is saying to the media and what other people that are major players within the organization are saying to the media uh, regarding what he brings to the table since it's essentially a reset in year two for the guy that you invested everything in with the number one overall pick last year and then got a number one, another number one overall pick. And you got two first rounders last year or this year, got defensive player. I forget who your other guy was this um, draft um, in the first round, but you got two first-rounders in this draft too, along with last draft, and you're getting Travis Etienne back, who seems to be doing really well.
1: Yeah, well, um, I haven't really seen too much of what they've said about – people have talked about Trevor Lawrence in terms of quotes and things, but I saw a highlight with – Trevor Lawrence throwing a nice deep pass to LeCron Treadwell in uh training camp today. Pretty good pass. Uh you know, looks like he's got good accuracy on the ball, good touch and LaCron Treadwell is able to, you know, take in the pass and uh you know, would have been probably a good play if it was a real game. Um but you know, I expect I'm not sure what to expect this year, but you know, it looks like you know, Doug Peterson going to be treating everybody in the room like adults. That's going to be the theme. Uh, this year, of course, last year, Irvin Meyer and the, cir- the clown show circus that he brought to town, not there anymore. So back to real football here uh, this season in Jacksonville. Um, I think um, it's going to be interesting on defense, especially with the linebacker set up. They got Trayvon Walker, you know, of course, uh, on the defensive line. And then they're going to have uh, Devin Lloyd, uh, that's their other first-round pick, uh, playing linebacker and. uh Looking forward to see how he plays. I think he's going to be a real good contributor. Um, going to be a probably impact, immediate impact player there. I think, uh, for, you know, in, in terms of uh, the defense and um, as far as other players, you know, James Robinson, of course, last year towards Achilles Achilles uh, in Week 15 against the Jets. Um, going to be interesting to see how it, you know comes back from the injury, but thankfully uh, he is not on the. Uh, PEP list uh, to open up training camp. So it looks like his rehab is going well. Uh, and, you know, looks like things are going pretty solid right now. Uh, of course, uh, this year fans cannot go to training camp. Uh, they're holding it at a high school in Jacksonville because um, they're doing construction on the uh, facilities there um, and doing improvements this year. So uh, it's closed off the fans uh, unlike in years past. Um, but looks like so far they got good highlights uh trevor Lawrence today was hundred uh, percent on his throws i think uh d- during his time uh under under pads and or i don't know if they're not wearing pads until july thirty first but uh under center um uh, taking the snaps so he's um looked look pretty good so far and it's gonna be interesting um so uh looking forward to seeing what Trevor's progress is this year uh, especially as we you know go through uh, the rest of the training camp preseason and head into week one against Washington uh, in uh, yeah, in Washington DC there. So uh, hopefully, hopefully this year it's a, a whole lot better than last year for sure.
0: I figured it will be because you actually have a football coach and a guy who I just want to see him run Philly, Philly that, that if if Trevor runs Philly, Philly, it'll bring a memory back from when I was um, half or three quarters in the bag in Minnesota. When Nick Foles ran that play, uh, and um, Trey Burton threw it to him in Minnesota, when they were part—that was part of what what helped the Philadelphia Eagles win that Super Bowl. I just want to see Trevor Lawrence run Philly, Philly. That would go and really bring it back. But for me, Forty ers Trey Lance. Um, this is his time. He's my dude. Uh, fact of the matter is. I mean, why the hell do they not have anything? Yeah, the five rules of yeah training camp prime. Like, why the hell do they training? Why don't I have anything from today? It's whatever. Right? Essentially, it's Trey Lance taking over and doing his thing. Um, it's gonna be his team. Kyle Shanahan has to build a different offense for him, uh, similar to what RG three had, but the difference is. Trey Lance is smarter, and Trey Lance has more talent and has more arm talent, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the sky's the limit. Debo doesn't have a contract yet. Figure he'll, he will. he uh, will. Magaboy, Bosa doesn't have a contract yet. He's going to get one. It's the same way as the Niners do their thing every year. They go and break off one of their offensive guys and one of their defensive guys. They break off Debo, and they break off Nick Bosa chilling act is there anything to talk about the la rams they backdoored that fucking super bowl and they keep on buying players same way fucking la dodgers buy players eventually it's gonna catch up to them they got two great wide receivers and Allen robinson sorry josh and then cooper cup but you know at some point it's got to catch up buffalo bills are a great team our boy my boy professor Jay, my mentor uh, number one pick in uh, the Fall Brawl League. I know who he's going to pick, um, but I'm not going to say it here. I'm not even going to tell Josh. am not telling anybody. I already know who he's going to pick. But um, and I think people would figure it out if you kind of pick up on the context clues. But um, fact of the matter is Buffalo's up there. Rams are up there. You start looking at teams. The Niners are there. They're going to be in a position. If Trey Lance can stay healthy, they keep him healthy and they give him a shot to play. Because you give Kyle Shanahan a generational, a possible generational talent, he hasn't really had that. But then, of course, Kyle Shanahan's very conservative in his play calling Um, and conservative with who he gives the reins to. Well, you got a guy now and you gave up a lot of capital. You and Lynch gave up a lot of capital to get that guy. Some do work. If you let that happen, you get to go and see this visual on our YouTube page. You get to see this. You, you get this on our YouTube page. Strip Strip Podcast. Josh handles it. You get to see the visual I just have right here. Dollar dollar bills, yo. That's what it is. Straight value. Trey Lance. The Niners' offense is value. It's value on. It's value in fantasy. It's value when it counts.
1: Yeah, we'll see if Kyle Shanahan chokes it away like he did in the Super Bowl twenty eight to three.
0: He he's a good choker. He's he knows how to choke it. I, I've I've seen him do it twice. Um it pissed me off when he did it with Atlanta and it sure as fuck pissed me off after I had plenty of drinks and Vic was sitting here in right right like right on this couch to my left while I was sitting in my recliner. When we choked away that Super Bowl to fucking Kermit the Frog and that other bitch ass motherfucker, um, the the hell's his name, Travis Kelsey and that that woman beater, Tyree Kill, when they should have won that fucking Super Bowl and it made my life. I wouldn't give a shit. If they had won that Super Bowl, I wouldn't give a shit. Same way as I don't give a shit about baseball, I'd be free. Cause now I'd be I'd be truly free. Yankees freed me up a long time ago is my favorite ball of the of the ball sports. They'd won that, been good. Hockey just bailed me out. I love hockey and it just hasn't been on TV the way. But I was able to watch it and I was able to have it and I love the Colorado Avalanche. And if I lived in Colorado, I probably would be dead. Um because I'd have celebrated too hard. But it is what it is. We'll see what happens with football. We're gonna be talking about it for the next few months. So Josh, um Let's talk about the sim segment. Let's go and see what you're doing over there and what you're seeing and what you're planning on doing after you come back from vacation.
1: Yeah, well, uh, first, uh, there's some news in the sim world, um, in iRacing. Past weekend, they had the iRacing Spa 24 hours, and there's a lot of controversy there because the top split of that uh, race, they had um, a lot of people using the grass to cool off their tires. And, uh, they supposed to incur an off track penalty, but I guess there is a glitch or something where it didn't. And so while they were on the straights, uh, they had, you know, the left sides or the right sides in the grass, uh, you know, on, on the straights and spa and, um, they were able to use it to cool off the tires to get a good, good qualifying lap. Um, I don't know how exactly the qualifying format worked, but, um, I think like, they had like a warm up lap or two and then they were able to the last qualifying lap go out and put a, a burner or whatever and and qualify on pole or, you know, qualify well. And then they did it in the race. There's uh pictures on Twitter. You can look it up, pictures of uh the cars uh touching the grass and uh, putting their tires in the grass to cool off the tires and everything and it's a glitch in the game. Um and then uh, there's a lot of controversy over it. A lot of people were complaining, talking about, you know, it's a big joke. Uh, and, you know, it's not, you know, it's not the way it should be and things like that. And then uh, the, I forget what, I, I think, uh yeah, Greg West, he's the iRacing, like one of the um, managers of iRacing or whatever. He, I think he runs like the IndyCar stuff on iRacing. But they they basically said if, you know, they, people keep doing that, they're going to ban them. So um looks like. Hopefully they got that handled, but yeah, it's a pretty, pretty poor demonstration of the product, but, um, I guess it had to happen sometimes, but, um, then I guess, you know, in racing, you had to find a way to get an advantage, but, you know, when everybody's doing it, you know, it's like, it's like when, um, you know, everybody started modifying the, the body and NASCAR pit stops. I remember when they started flaring out the fenders out wide and it got crazy, like in 2014 on the left rear fender or in Front of the left rear fender to try to increase more downforce, and on the right side, or like when they blow out the tires, everybody started blowing out the tires uh after victory lane to hide whatever they're cheating up. Um, yeah, sort of like that where everybody starts doing it, and gets ridiculous, but you know, we'll see. Hopefully, they fix that issue and it doesn't happen again at Spa. But you know, it was an interesting story to follow uh, on the iRacing side throughout the weekend, and then of course, uh, the other good news on iRacing is that they finally upgraded the Indianapolis road course. Uh, so they finally put in the correct layout. It's not the old formula one layout. It's now the new one, uh, with the backstretch chicane on there now, uh, that exploded last year during the NASCAR race. And then you have the new inner loop, uh, before the front straight. Um, so that's a pretty interesting layout. Uh, I tried a couple times last night, download, well, it's already there. I didn't have to purchase the track or anything, but, um, Already there, uh, Indianapolis—it's uh, road course, pretty hard. Honestly, you really have to master the breaking points. If you miss the breaking point, you, know, you break in too late. You basically miss the corner. Uh, so there's a lot of lot of laps were spent, you know, over you know breaking too hard into the corner, try not to go off track. A um, couple of times where, yeah, in that last near loop before the front straight, I missed the corner and had to go onto the. Uh, at, extra runoff that they have that's like basically it serves as like an extra turn and extend my lap by about like six seconds or whatever so that was interesting and then there's other laps where me and the car in front of me both missed that corner and had to go on the, the runoff area but it's pretty interesting um uh by the end I felt a little bit more confident and you know you just have to be very uh very careful out applying throttle in first gear uh off the corner exit so um or in second gear because uh, you don't really want to uh, go full throttle uh, off corner exit. You really have to manage the throttle and, and you know, play around with it because there's still a lot of power and you can spin out. It's not quite like IndyCar uh, where it's, you know, pretty much straight up and you're doing a lot of gear changes here on uh, in the car side, whereas NASCAR, um, the only time you're really shifting gears is on, you know, on the straights and then going downshifting into the corners uh, off of the straights. So, uh pretty fun, but you know, you uh it's a real challenge. So try to continue that throughout the week. Um I think this week if I have time, do Indianapolis Road course. Uh maybe regular Indianapolis if I have the time. Um uh Talladega, possibly in the NASCAR eighty seven side. I think that one's open this week. So we'll go out and try try those tracks and then uh whatever else uh I decide to do. So yeah, that's uh what I got for die racing side this week um and of course you can follow at twitch tv slash u sailor Two. that's where all those streams when i stream will be posted uh maybe you have one or two streams this week the rest of this week uh we'll see um and then of course going on vacation so i'll be out of the house uh next week but um other than that i'll you know of course always try to stream whenever i can uh and then uh also you know to close the show uh being in that of course again, Twitch T V slash YouSler2. go watch that. And then the Twitter page for me is at JB Huffine. You can follow me there. See what I'm thinking about. Seeing what I think about the Jags, the racing, Ask Car, any car stuff. Um my other interests, like the finance world, we got the feds are gonna raise rates to seventy five percent tomorrow. It's probably gonna happen and then we'll see what the markets decide to do. Um, pretty interesting to see how that happens. Um then also for uh, the YouTube page, uh, that's at Gripshare Podcast, and go watch that and see all our YouTube videos. Of course, see our YouTube video with Ralph Shaheen, where we uh, had him on for an hour and got to ask him questions, and he told us you know stories from his career. So it was a good show uh, to watch. And of course, Joe Passaro was on there too. So go watch that and see our, all our other content on that page. And of course, follow our Twitter and. Uh, all our other streams where we have our audio. So i uh, let you go ahead and close out the deal on your end, Phil.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to throw in a sub, have to go and call in Reliever for Josh, who does a great job on the YouTube side. So now I'm going to have to figure out how to go and do the audio and the video. Um, so that's going to be great. Um, might need some help with that. Um, so you can go and send me that information there. You can follow me at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter. You can follow us at Pod on Twitter. Uh, Grypshire Podcast is on YouTube. Uh, You can find us wherever podcasts are distributed. Uh, We're basically anywhere. We're main podcasts. Main uh, podcast platforms, Apple, Amazon, we're Podbean, is our distributing app, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can find us uh, if you want to listen to us. You're going to find us. The people that do listen to us, thank you. Uh, let other people know. I got friends I bowl with. I got friends that will listen to me. Um, give me, give us uh, positive reviews. Wish they would go and do that on the apps itself and get us out there, um, trying to promote um, Keon. Crawford, uh, go and bring that up. I have to go and manage. Yeah, manage your Google account. Go and bring that up. I got, I got tickets for Pocono uh, from someone who um, uh, works through a company, uh, Map Three Hundred and Sixty Collective out of New York City. They're connected with the NBC uh, NASCAR deal, NAS- uh, NBC and USA. Um, send tickets. I know that they're trying to hook up Josh for Daytona. Uh, I think Richmond is also part of the deal. And, um, Watkins Glen, I have to go and talk to her about that. But, uh, I was trying to talk to Joe about going to Watkins Glen and another friend of mine. But uh, Richmond might be a good way for us to meet up and go and have a real party. Um, Daytona for the. F- Close out. I think you'd be able to make that one during the preseason. Uh, I think that's week three of the preseason for football, NFL, uh, and college football opener. But uh, something to see in regards to that. Um, there are um, campaigns and prize packs to look at Map360 Co., uh, Map360 Collective. So going on uh, map360co.com. Follow them or go and hit them up. Let them know you listen to Ripshire podcast. Uh, we're connected with them. Good people sent tickets. Um, for me, I couldn't make it because I wasn't trying to die. Uh, you want to live so you can go and keep on watching racing. That's what I'm trying to do. So for Josh, I'm Phil. Um, going to miss you next week, brother. Uh, we're going to have Joe Passero on uh, filling in might have another guest make it a interesting show there uh we got the new picks channel so we get to go and follow up and see who got things right more than likely josh gets them right because he's the brains of the operation i'm just a bullshit artist but the fact of the matter is we have fun here on the gripture podcast we thank you for listening and um, we'll see you next week for episode. What is it? Say episode one twenty-seven next week, and uh, go over all things NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One going into their summer break. There's some uh, interesting content that'll be coming up during the summer break for Formula One. Might be a co-collaboration. So look, uh, stay tuned for that. IndyCar is going to be running out. NASCAR is going to be running out, and other motorsport series. Formula E is about to finish. MotoGP is going to be back. So, um, a lot to look forward to. So, thank you for listening to Gripster Podcast. Thanks, Josh, as always, for being my right hand guy. I'm Phil. Thank you as always. Take care. Goodbye.